0: It's time to immerse yourself in the world of college football. ESPN 1000 has studied hard and has all the answers. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show. With Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Advanced degrees not required. Understanding the wildcat? Essential. Chicago's College Tailgate Show.
1: This is Chicago's
2: home for sports, ESPN 1000, and the ESPN Chicago app. What's up and welcome in. This is Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black. John the Hood with you. Phone lines open for you at 312-332-ESPN 332-3776 is the telephone number. You can follow us on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT also on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for being with us as we lead you into Notre Dame footballs as take on Florida State. That's a 5.30 pregame and a 6.30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. Well, here we are, guys. Week 6 of the college football season, and boy, it's been interesting, Adam. A lot of uh, interesting games in progress. Uh, this has been, the 11 o'clock kicks have been very intriguing so far. If college football was
3: a group of people, those group of people have been in line for an outdoor bottomless brunch and had need to be- be put into an Uber right now. Yes, like that is yeah. how drunk college football is right now. <laughs> I mean, you've got Texas and Oklahoma are going to are in overtime right now. You've got Missouri beating LSU. You've got North Carolina beating Virginia Tech. Uh, I mean, just a bunch of great games so far today, and it's only getting started. Texas A&M takes down number four Florida. Just a bunch of great games, and now we're into that second window of games kicking off. We've already got some chaos brewing as Tennessee leads Georgia seven to nothing.
4: You know, one of my notes I had written down before the show to start here is uh, Texas is back, and I thought we'd spend the first segment roasting the Longhorns. Texas! Texas! And then uh, here comes Sam Ellinger uh, with a minute 50 left to play in the game, drives the Longhorns uh, 80 yards down the field, scores a touchdown, ties the game 31-all. And like Abdallah said, they're in overtime right now, so we're keeping our eyes right there on the Red River shootout. And I I think what is kind of pointing to is that we have big teams, highly ranked teams losing this weekend. Florida goes down to Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies get a big victory at home. And a lot of people in the stands, too. I mean, that, that was quite well, the sight to see. a lot of people in a lot of stands that? today, Chris. A
3: lot of people in a lot of stands. Shout out well, to your
2: Bulldogs there, Jonathan, too. Well, I mean, my God. I mean, listen. Athens, alive. I mean, listen, at least in Athens, they're socially distanced. You know, 16 inches next to their person next to them. Uh, nonetheless, LSU and Missouri. Missouri with the upset victory. Welcome to the SEC, Missouri. Welcome. You're finally, you can be part part of us now. You're finally part of the SEC. I saw you as some kind of hybrid two, kind of like, you know, kind of a a side SEC team. But now you're officially in as you defeat Ogeron and LSU. Is that (laughs) the same thing with, like, Wreckers in the Big Ten? Yes.
3: Yeah. Well, it's more like when you get relegated in the EPL. Like, you're in, like, the, (laughs) you're in the sub-league. Like, you're in SEC two, like you said. But, yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) how about this? How about LSU? you. Has lost and Ed Orgeron have lost two games this year, Oof. both to first-time SEC coaches. Now I know Mike Leach has been in this game a long time, and Oof. yes, he's a first-time SEC coach, but it's not like he's a first-time head coach. So I that one is not as impressive to me. But already two losses for the uh, national championship LSU. I would I'd be lying if I wasn't smiling. Oh, uh, I'd be lying if I was smiling I mean, about I, I, that.
2: It wasn't like I was watching the game and listening for any highlights. Yeah. I mean, under four minutes to go, first quarter, tie game, second
0: to goal. Brennan's going to throw and he will get hit as he throws, but that's caught for a touchdown. And guess who? Terrace Marshall's got another one.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, You look at this game here where Missouri wins 45-41. Brennan with four touchdowns on the day for LSU, but on the other side, You take a look at Mizzou. They continue to battle back. That game, of course, was 14-all after the first quarter, and then Mizzou just continued to battle back. One thing we do know about LSU, on the defensive side of the football, not great so far this year.
4: Yeah, the uh, Tigers outscore – well, the Missouri Tigers outscore LSU – uh, 21-17 in the second half. They come away with the victory, and you're right. When we look at LSU and the way this season has started, obviously Joe Burrow is not there anymore, but this is not the same offense, not the same defensive team that we've seen from the last couple of years from Ed Ogeron, and LSU now sitting at 1-2 and two after the first couple of weeks of play in the SEC. And we know in the SEC, if that's how you're going to play Missouri, it's only going to get tougher from here on out.
2: Jonathan, Adam, and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 <laughs> and the ESPN Chicago app. How about Florida? I, I'm waiting to send that text to Alex Brown, my uh, favorite Gator. Gator chomp. Ha ah, Florida. You know, Florida is supposed to be one of those top teams, maybe supplanting Georgia as far as one of the top teams in the SEC this year. Uh, not the case this afternoon against Texas A&M. So
5: third and goal. Trask.
4: End zone shot, and Pitts got it. Touchdown. Two defenders right there, and Pitts able to rip it out of the
2: air for the score. Now, listen, there's no question about it, Adam, that you take a look at at Florida and their passing attack. I mean, Trask is definitely in the Heisman Trophy conversation no doubt about that 23 for 32 good for 312 yards and four touchdowns but texas a&m and their resolve for them to come back with 17 in the fourth where florida cannot respond there's a lot of happy texas a&m fans today because now they're two and one on the season yeah
3: absolutely i think that you know florida's offense played a really good game you know they 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 got out to a, a lead, you know, like you mentioned, Kyle Trask. Pitts has been playing really well, but this is a story about Florida's defense. Florida's defense gave up 543 yards today: 205 on the ground, 338 to Kellen Mond. So, I mean, this is it's it's inexcusable for Florida's defense to perform like this. If you're a Florida fan today, and this is a team like you mentioned, they're ranked fourth right now. They're not going to be after this week, and this is a team that I had picked that if there was going to be a quote, not necessarily a surprise, but an Another team in the SEC that we wouldn't expect to be in the national championship conversation. It was going to be Florida just because they have great offensive weapons. They've got a good quarterback in Kyle Trask and their defense was supposed to be better this year. Their Mm. defense was supposed to be good this year. And as of right now, they're showing something they need to figure out. uh, Maybe they'll figure out against LSU next week. Who knows? But um, as of right now, this is a team obviously with one loss and how good the SEC has been playing that the F- Florida might find themselves on the outside looking in unless they can beat Georgia in a few weeks. A couple things to look at with Texas A&M. One, on third down, they were extremely efficient.
4: They went 12-15. of 15 converting third down plays in this ball game, and also a quarterback we haven't talked about this year but we spent time talking about him last year was Kellen Mund today he went 25 of 35 338 yards and three touchdowns he had a very good game going against another quarterback who has been getting some Heisman hype in Trask for Florida so I think you look at what Jimbo Fisher is able to do we know he's had some really good recruiting classes the last couple of years at Texas A&M now is trying to fit in all together because they've had an unimpressive start the loss to alabama that game wasn't close they win their first game of this season was a close win over vanderbilt so this is a a program signature win for a coach who has a national championship resume, but he has yet to do it on the SEC level. And so his quarterback played well, Kellen Mund, and Jimbo Fisher gets a big win at home,
3: 41-38 over Florida. They gave him the Gatorade bath, and I'm like, why are wow. they, why are they doing this? That, right? why are they I mean, doing it? It's the first time he's beaten a top five opponent at Texas A&M. You're
4: the 21st ranked team. You should expect to at least be competing. Yeah. With another team in your conference that's a top
2: five team? No, nah, Gatorade Bath. Gatorade Bath. That's okay. the that's the biggest win they're gonna have all year. Take oh, the probably. bath when you get it. Oh, there's mm-hmm. no question. I mean look, add Mississippi State, Arkansas, mm-hmm. add South Carolina, Tennessee, against uh, Ole Miss, L S U and then Auburn. Yeah. That's going to be the biggest win they had. So take the yeah, bat now. For sure. Because you're not going to get anything bigger than that. The running game was huge for Texas A&M with Spiller. 174 yards and two touchdowns. With
0: Spiller on fourth and two. Spiller cuts it back. Has a first down and more. He's got a touchdown.
6: And the lead for Adam.
2: The biggest game for Week 6 in college football right here on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 is a Red River shootout between the Longhorns and the Sooners. I remember Jim Ross, the longtime uh, wrestling announcer, talking about how he would fight with Dusty Rhodes. They'd they'd cuss each other out on the phone the Friday before the game because Dusty was a big Longhorns fan. And Jerry, we're going to whip your ass. I just want you to know. Uh, you know, a um, uh, Boomer Sooner, That's all that,
3: right? Boomer Sooner, it's time to put that uh, the Mon- – we're coming
2: for the mongrels. The, we're mongrel. the, Mong- the mongrels are coming. Put the mongrel in the ground. And so the Longhorns, though, they are staying above ground, 38-37 in the overtime. Mm-hmm. You, you got uh, Gus on right now. What do you see here? Because the Longhorns are leading in overtime.
3: So right now it's 38-37. Uh, Oklahoma is just kicked the field – or the extra point. So okay. it is 38-38 right now uh, going into the second overtime. If you had oh. the over – Cached. Boom. Uh, after it did not look good, it did not look good for that over. But like I said earlier this week, if you're a college football better, Car- when right you when you open up your uh, gambling right. app, if you're a college football better and yes. whatever app you use, yes. if you open up that gambling app, it's already in there for you. You just have to put in the dollar amount. Like you know, so so if you bet the over today, uh, congratulations. It, it
2: late is better than never, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> now how about the football analysis, Chris? Because yeah, we got the we got the gambling analysis Man. now. what about the freshman rattler okay so coming into the season here's what we both all three of us knew we knew that the, the, both of these teams would score a lot of points we didn't see, think that either one of these teams would be in the final four conversation because they can't stop anybody it's always a great rivalry between the two there's no doubt but what about the kid rattler chris a freshman They went with uh, Mordecai as a backup in this game, and Sam Ellinger is definitely a guy in the Heisman Trophy conversation. So how do we assess two teams that can't stop one another?
4: Mordecai, 5 of 7 for 52 yards. Uh, Rattler had one touchdown, one interception. He went 19 of 28 in the contest. Uh, Ellinger, the quarterback for the Longhorns, 28 of 47, two touchdowns, one interception. You know, watching this game, to me, both offenses, extremely sloppy. And the defenses early on just... Allowing these two teams to stay in this right like the Sooners got off to a hot start. They scored early and then the defense got a turnover scored again. And then here comes Texas and Ellinger bringing his team back. They're talking on the broadcast about Ellinger after last week after the loss got his teammates around him and he told them we need to be better. We need to do better going forward, even though we've seen some sloppy play from Texas and clearly a defense that is not very good. And so we've seen back and forth. And that's why this has been such an exciting game down there at the Cotton Bowl, because both of these teams have major flaws Mm -hmm. and neither of these teams will be the best team out of the Big 12 this year because we've seen them both slip so early here in this season for Texas. You have to win this game. Oklahoma is probably already done with their two losses, right? Mm -hmm. Texas still has a shot. To to do what? Well, to, to win the conference and to say we should be involved in the conversation for the college football playoff. I'm not saying that they would get in. To be involved in the conversation. So I mean, this is
3: a huge second overtime for Texas, but this has been a, a sloppy game. Five and, turnovers in yeah. the entire game. I mean, you saw. I mean, there some comical turnovers where like the ball just kind of shoots out as two defenders yeah. are are closing in on Spencer Radler. Like this is just wow. some some bad some bad turnovers uh, in this game. But this is this is why it's the Red River shootout that you mm-hmm. expect games to be crazy like this, and you expect it to be, to be just chaos. That's, this, this game
2: yeah. is chaos. Well, Adam, let me ask you a question. Say, for instance, the Longhorns run the table. I think they may stumble on the 27th of November if they get there against uh, Iowa State, right? Mm-hmm. Just say, for instance, because at any of these games or some of these games, including Oklahoma State, it's just about who can survive offensively. Like, can you make one last stop, right? Say, for instance, the Longhorns run the table and they win the rest of their games and they win the conference. Are they in the conversation? Would you take a one-loss Longhorn team or a one-loss Florida team if that's the case?
6: Hmm.
4: Well, hmm.
6: Is what? that
4: also assuming there's no undefeated team out of the Pac-12?
2: Would you stay out of the conversation? We're, we're just having an SEC. Just stay over to the side. Well, here's 10, the question: Just, right? just, right? Teams, just no? take your just all right. okay. sip your latte. We're just having a conversation right. over here. All right, who's with, is, with real teams? Is, go ahead. is Florida? <laughs> go right ahead. We're just having this. We're just having a real conversation with a real with real conferences. Well, I think I'll see you in November. All right, go ahead. Well, I
3: think, <laughs> I think it depends. Right? Is um. Is is Florida losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game? Because then uh, they have two losses. Yeah. So then Texas has a conversation is in the conversation. If, mm-hmm. if if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, or if Georgia has one loss and then they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, or if they if their one loss is to Alabama but then they beat them again in the SEC championship there's all these variables, right? Yeah. But if there is a two loss S E C East team and let's say an
2: undefeated Alabama team,
3: then yeah, I think Texas is in the conversation with only one loss, for sure.
2: Just trying to figure out how the Big 12 get, get is in the conversation. That's what we're trying to figure out. I think that we can all agree that that a relevant Texas is good for college football. Like,
3: relevant oh, yeah. Texas yeah. is good. I haven't
2: seen that in a long yeah. time, though. Yeah. I don't yeah. know yeah. what that looks yeah.
3: like. Well, th- I think this is, I mean, if this, this, this might be what it looks like. Ah. One loss, two losses. You That's, know, the, you know I mean, there's
2: a stumble, right? Low 20s ranking? I don't know about it. I mean... That. I mean you, you know there's a stumble, right? Look at the schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa State might be a stumble. That's a stumble. Iowa, uh,
3: stumble might, Iowa State might be a
2: stumble. Right. For sure. Oklahoma State might be a stumble. True. True. On the road? Cowboys. True. Maybe? Yeah. with 75% no, sure. capacity? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's the case. I mean, listen, man. It's sold out in Athens. What? What do you mean it's sold out? I don't know. I keep looking up at the screen. I see a button every seat there in Athens between the hedges. Big game. Yes, it was why it's the South. It means more, even if it costs your life. All right, coming up. We will take a look at the Irish and also keep you abreast of what's going on with Texas and Oklahoma. That game is in double overtime. We'll keep you abreast of that contest. And also the Irish have their contest against Florida State. Oh, that used to be a great game.
0: Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Roll Tide.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports.
0: ESPN 1000 and the all-new ESPN Chicago app.
2: Thanks for hanging out with us here on a college football Saturday along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Bleck, Jonathan Hood with you. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT. We're just building a bridge to Notre Dame football. They to take on Florida State. at a 5.30 pregame and a 6.30 kickoff right here on the home of the Irish ESPN1000. We're also keeping you abreast of what's going on in some of the big games. The biggest game of the day is the Red River Shootout between Texas and Oklahoma. Adam, where are we now? Thirty-eight, thirty-eight uh, with in second the uh, double overtime now in yeah. this game, right? Second
3: overtime right now, fourth and goal for uh, Oklahoma in the second overtime. They just uh, Spencer Rattler ran for a three-yard touchdown, but they called it back. So they're on the Texas one. So it's fourth and goal. Texas just called the timeout. So now they have to think about it.
2: A lot of uh, points being scored, of course. No matter what the records are, you just know that it's going to be. Uh, really exciting because these two teams really don't like each other. What does it say for Ellinger? I mean, here's a guy here that, to me, is in the Heisman Trophy conversation. And uh, even though that uh, Texas has run the football pretty well, 103 yards, you know, you just trust Sam's arm. Yeah, you do. And he drove the Longhorns down the field to tie
4: the game to get it to overtime. Um, and I know that, and we, we kind of talked about it before, but the broadcast was making it seem – like, he had some kind of Tim Tebow moment last week after the loss, kind of trying to rally the troops around him, suggesting that we will not mess up anymore. We will be a better Longhorn team going forward. You know, he, he's a really good quarterback, quarterback with a really strong arm. The, the problem here, though, is Texas makes a lot of mistakes. And they've been doing this for a couple years now. So does that go back to the head coach, Tom Herman? And it's really more of a Tom Herman problem than, say, specific players issues within the program. Because all the hype with Tom Herman coming in when he took over at Texas was that this was going to be a top five, top ten team each and every year. He was the hot name, the hot coaching candidate who was under Urban at Ohio State. Whenever he gets his own team, he was going to take them to the next level. Is this a Tom Herman problem that well, they consistently find ways to lose games and find ways to play really close games against
2: teams that are better than? I think the three of us covered it, right, with Tom Herman when he was at Houston. Yeah. The thing that was so admirable about uh, Herman is that he was able to have kids stay in eastern Texas, where, you know, when you're in Houston, you're like, oh, I'm going to be a Longhorn, or oh, I'm going to play someplace else. And he was able to, in that conference, have kids stay in the Houston, Beaumont area. And so I think that people looked at Herman and said, boy, if you must be a hell of a recruiter, I mean, you're not even a power five and you're able to have kids to stay in your conference. I think that that stood out to Texas. They said, you know what, if you can do that, then maybe you could have more kids come to our program. Now the program is able to improve.
3: And uh, Sam Ellinger is going to have another chance to bring the Longhorns back as Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler runs for a one-yard touchdown. They kick the extra point. It is now 45-38 in the second overtime. Texas will now get their chance to score here in the second overtime. And Sam Ellinger, you know, he brought them back in the fourth quarter, put up 14, uh, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, now in overtime, he's got a chance to bring them back again. This is a guy who... You know, we always talk about like Joe Burrow. Where was he ranked in the when when the yeah. season started? Yeah, you know, and how he worked his way up. I'm not saying Sam Ellinger is going to make it past Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but he, him, and Kyle Trask, two quarterbacks that are working their way up to be drafted higher in the NFL once we get to the draft, and we know how many teams, including the Bears, need of need a quarterback and some a, a guy who you know. It brought his team back a lot. Chris and I talked about, and we talked about here on uh, Chicago Scouts Tailgate a lot, was Jalen Hurts and how he brought Oklahoma back a lot in these games, and how he brought back Alabama against Georgia before. So you know, guys that that don't think they're ever ever out of it, guys that can will their team back and carry their team back, those are guys that NFL scouts really really look at, and that's why you know him and Kyle Trask are moving their way up draft board. Well, mm-hmm. it's something the three of us have kind
4: of watched. You know, we're college football fans, and we also watch. <laughs> a team, the Chicago Bears, that does not have a quarterback for the future. And I think the one thing that all three of us pointed out, no matter if you're a Trubisky fan or not, is in college at North Carolina, he didn't play in games like this. Right. You know, and to Abdallah's point, Jalen Hurts
3: played in games that mattered. Mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger is playing in games that matter, and he's mattering right now as Sam Ellinger runs for a 25-yard touchdown. Wow! To put the Longhorns 44-45, the uh, extra point pending here. Um, I mean, just just amazing. Like I, I could feel Gus Johnson's intensity just rising as this game. Like he might. I don't know if he has pants on in in the game right now. Well, I like, hope he, he does. Might, I mean, well, but if he's doing it at home.
4: He can keep his pants. You guys off. see what I'm saying though? Like being a quarterback who's a a. Guy who's rising on the draft boards before the NFL draft. who are not playing in competitive games and games that matter compared to guys who have to go out there like Sam uh, Ellington in a, a double overtime situation and respond.
2: That, to me, has value to it. Chicago's college tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago Apple keep our eyes on that game the biggest game of the day Oklahoma against Texas also we are leading you into Notre Dame football Notre Dame double digit wins against Duke in South Florida 79 to 13 margin offensively for the Irish it's the first game in three weeks for Notre Dame since they had their game postponed on September 26th against Wake Forest due to COVID-19. What we've seen from the Irish so far, Chris, is that Ian Book, 67% of his passes have been completed. Uh, we have seen some terrific uh, play, especially from Williams running the football for the Irish. That really stands out to me the most uh, so far for this Irish team. What, what have you seen? And I wonder, is any, is it rest or rust going into this game against Florida State tonight?
4: Yeah, and you know, we, we kind of look at Notre Dame in this situation. Uh, they, they stopped all football-related activities September 22nd. Uh, So not only that, they had 25 players that were in isolation due to positive tests. They had 14 other that were in quarantine due to contact tracing. And so this team has had some time off. Uh, They had players in isolation. They had others in quarantine. Now they're back, ready to go. Uh, Brian Kelly would not say before the game which players are out, which players had been in the quarantine slash uh, with positivity rates with COVID-19. So we'll kind of see as this game kind of develops. But I I would expect Notre Dame to play well. I mean, this is a good football team. They're ranked number five for a reason in the country. Uh, To what we've seen to this point in the season, we've seen some good football from them. We expect Ian Book to be solid like he's been in the past. And Florida State is a team coming in that has looked terrible. So I feel as if Notre Dame has an opportunity here, even though you've had some time off. You have the opportunity to play some good football right out of the gate after the time off, the extended amount of time. Because you're playing a team that may look nice in the marquee, Florida State, Notre Dame. But this Florida State team is not what we once knew it was.
3: Yeah, if Ian Book's going to get on a roll, it's going to be tonight. This is a team that allows 420 yards, 280 through the air, 140 on the ground. So, I mean, this is a, this is a, a team that if Ian Book wants to put up some numbers, it's going to be against this team. And that's what Notre Dame fans have been waiting for. Put up some numbers. You have one touchdown this year. Put up some numbers. You've had all this time off. Yes, I know it's because of the, of, of the uh, COVID testing. They also had a bye week, so this was a scheduled week off for them last week. So you know you're supposed you can come in here and get your offense right. Get you know sit behind that offensive line, wait for the plays to the playmakers to get out in space and make some plays. And this to me is a game where Ian Book should absolutely take over this uh, game. And, you know,
4: and the defense should thrive too. I mean, yeah. there's a redshirt sophomore Jordan Travis who was put into the game after Florida State was down. 14 nothing last week in their contest. He led them back to win, but he's starting. He's expected to start. It's the third uh, starting quarterback, this third different starting quarterback for Florida State in this season, and that's the first time that's happened since 2002. So clearly Florida State's offense in disarray, and they are just not a very good football team.
2: Notre Dame against Florida State. Some thoughts from Brian Kelly, the head coach for the Irish, is...
7: FSU still a dangerous team. Oh, without question. As I mentioned, I think there's six, maybe seven first-day draft picks. Uh, very talented football team. You know, they needed to find their identity offensively. I think they have found somebody that uh, they feel comfortable with from an offensive standpoint at the quarterback position. Now that kind of allows them to get into a rhythm offensively. Um, defensively, they were in three down and four down. Um, Maybe they have found where they want to be there as well. So, yeah, this is a team that will continue to get better from week to week. Uh, It's an established head coach, one that's been successful, knows what he's doing, knows what he wants, and Mike will get this football team playing better football. Um, I just hope it's not this weekend.
2: Trimble has been very good as receiver for the Irish, and Williams running the football very well for Notre Dame as well. On the other side of this, it's Florida State. It's funny, guys, because last week after we were done with the show on Monitor 3 in the Hood Cave, I'm watching on the Marquee Network Florida State against Jacksonville State, and I saw a team in the Knolls that struggled mightily, mightily, against Jacksonville State. I'm like, really? You're just going to fall completely apart? So we go back to the days since Bobby Bowden, right? Bobby Bowden, by the way, hopefully he's doing well. He has COVID-19. He's 90 years old. Uh, we talked to the voice of Florida State on and J. Hood a couple of days ago. He says he's doing well, but um, hopefully all the best for Coach Bowden. He was there between 1976 and 2009, followed by Jimbo Fisher for seven years. I got one championship out of it, Adam. And mm-hmm. then the uh, Willie Taggart administration, he was there for, gosh, he was there for just a year plus, maybe just a year, and they didn't go to a bowl game for the first time since 1981. So it's been an uphill climb since then. Norville has a, a really historic program, but the program is kind of stalled right now. Some thoughts from Norville about his experience as an assistant for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. It was kind of
8: unique because I, I was on staff that played Notre Dame like four out of five years, whether it was at Tulsa when we went up there, um, you know, uh, we pit the one year we played them, and then you know, two years at Arizona State – uh, the biggest thing is the same thing we tell our guys here. It's not about the opponent. It's about you know what we're what we're willing to invest, what we're willing to do. Obviously, the moment is going to be great. You know, it's going to be Saturday night, South Bend, uh, national TV. Those are all wonderful things, right? They're great excitement, you know, but. It's not about what they do. It's about what we do. What we're willing to uh, to, to invest in, in our preparation and making sure that we're ready for the moment. And in the mm-hmm. moment, go enjoy it. Go have fun. Go apply the things that you learned. Go apply the um, you know the, the game plan that we have and play your best ball. I, mean, I absolutely believe in, in this team and these players, and it's. Not so much about what Notre Dame's going to do. You know, they they've got good players. They're top five ranked team in the country. Yes, they're good. I mean, they they do a lot of good things uh, in every phase. They consistently have done that. So we've got to go focus on ourselves. We have got to play to our best ability, and you know, go out there and make the plays when we get the opportunity to make them.
2: Adam, you know, we're watching a college football show. We just kind of flip through Twitter, just seeing what's going on. And I just saw just a random tweet last week as Jacksonville State was beating the brakes off of Florida State in that first half. And someone just tweeted, Florida State might be but."
3: <laughs> well, I mean, look—you got you. You lost to Georgia Tech this season; it was a close loss. You, I'm explaining the butt up. I'm explaining that the butt. Yeah. 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 But. Uh, so be, but. you you lose to Georgia Tech in a close game. <laughs> Miami goes in and just decimates you, fifty-two to ten. And then you beat JV State, forty-one to four, twenty-four. Because yeah. that's what it is, when JV that, State. Wasn't that close, brother? Yeah, I mean, no, when, it wasn't. They had oof. to come all the way back yeah. too, and that like went great. And yeah, so maybe Florida State just is. Not good. That's why I'm saying Notre Dame should – this should be an easy, very easy, quick effort by Notre Dame. Might be, but – that's what might I saw. Might be butt. That's what I saw. I don't think they might be Come butt. On, guys. I think they're butt. <laughs> Think back
4: to the early 90s, the classic game between Notre Dame and Florida State, two oh. top ranked opponents. Oh. It's a shame that Florida State might be butt.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, Davis is, is you know, he's very confident now, but back in the day, he'd been shaking his boots for this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Knowles Irish? Yeah. Didn't know what would happen. Especially with Bowden on the sidelines? Never knew. All right. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on uh, Oklahoma and uh, Texas this game. Was it at three overtimes? So it's
3: three overtimes right now. Texas just had their field goal attempt blocked. Uh, so now Oklahoma, uh, with rumor. possession in the third overtime, can win it
0: with
2: a field goal. Full scoreboard, next. Ah!
0: More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show.
1: ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
0: The CCT Scoreboard on ESPN ESPN 1000. Here's Chris Clark, Chris. Here's Adam Abdallah. Adam? Uh,
3: gentlemen, in the Red River rivalry, what Texas hell? and Oklahoma <laughs> are now uh, headed to the fourth overtime. What? As Texas missed the field goal, Oklahoma got the ball back for the end of the third overtime. They missed a field goal on second down. So oh, now no. we are going to fourth overtime for Texas and Oklahoma tied at 45. The game that will never end.
2: That's Okay. It's, it's, a,
3: it's a fourth overtime heavy on the over. I think Gus might lose his voice. It's all right. He's
2: got I Joe got a touchdown.
3: <laughs> Other games going
4: on in the top 25 right now. Georgia up 14-7 on Tennessee with eleven forty-two in the second quarter. Auburn's up 7 nothing on Arkansas with four minutes left in the first quarter. BYU 7-3 to over Texas San Antonio with 11 minutes left. Left in the second quarter. Iowa State 14-7 over Texas Tech early in the second quarter. Some finals from earlier today. Florida, they go down. The number four team of the country. They lose the Texas A&M 41-38. LSU, the 17th ranked team in the country. They go down to Missouri 45-41. And how about Mac Brown and North Carolina? They win 56 56- to 45 over Va Tech, and well, that's the top 25 scoreboard
3: right ho- here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Sean producing the show today, I hope he's rolling on the game in its entirety, because I, going through Twitter, when that's, that second field goal was missed by Oklahoma, ah! I think Gus Johnson just yelled,
0: Cum! college football that's it just Just yelled college
3: football no call of the kick just yelled college football i think he's broken (laughs) he's lost
2: his mind that's what's happened chicago's college tailgate on espn 1000 in the espn chicago app jonathan adam and chris with you will keep you apprised of what is happening with the biggest game of the day with texas oklahoma well, i tell you what. I right? think
3: he explained it. It's college football. Yeah. College football, yeah. yeah.
2: Jim Ross is <laughs> on his, his eighth Moscow Mule right now. Not happy. <laughs> well, this, is, this is just this is crap. Do you have to call on. a pay per view event tonight? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, always. Always. Uh, Sponsored by Four Winds Casino. So glad that you're with us here on another <laughs> great college football Saturday. Guys, we were able to hear some insight from Albert Breer uh, from Sports Illustrated. He's also on with David Kaplan and I every Tuesday at 8. I love talking to him because we always like to dig into his phone, some insight on what he might not tell other shows or what you may not write it, but it's right there for us. It's always right about eight
4: thirteen, eight fourteen 8.14 each week when you guys speak to Albert Breer. It's great because you ask the question, Give us something in your phone that you haven't given to anyone else. It's the best part of the interview.
2: I really enjoy it. And I asked him this past Tuesday, give us something that that you haven't told anyone else yet. And he gives us this about Clemson's head coach, Dabo Sweeney.
4: Jack Easterby is very, very close with Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney. And I'm not saying Dabo Sweeney is going to the NFL, right? Like, I'm not saying that at all. I don't, I don't know that. But – You would think if he was ever going to take a swing at being an an NFL head coach, he would look at a place where he trusts the quarterback. He's called Deshaun Watson. I mean, and you guys are right there in Chicago. You guys have heard this comparison. He's compared Deshaun Watson to Michael Jordan and and what he did for the program at Clemson. And so the fact that there's already an existing strong relationship, and not a lot of people know about this, between Jack Easterby and Dabo Swinney, and this is something multiple people pointed out after all this happened, Um, Yeah, I I think there's just – that's something you want to keep an eye on.
2: Interesting little nugget there from Albert Breer. And the reason why is because Bill O'Brien is no longer with the Houston Texans after he was let go. There's an opening there. Dabo Sweeney, a guy that has knocked on the door a couple times for the national championship, and he has the number one team in the country. They'll take on Miami tonight in a very marquee game on ABC. So, Chris, I'll ask you – if you are Davo Sweeney, do you even consider the Houston Texans job knowing that Deshaun Watson is Michael Jordan, the way he says it? Do I consider it? Yes, but I consider it for leverage for myself to
4: get more money from Clemson. And, and, because, and the only thing that I would use it for, the leverage in this situation, would be because of that connection. I think if there was any NFL gig that was open, this is clearly the one that would make the most sense because of the connection to Easterby, and then also Deshaun Watson, that would make the most sense for for Dabo Sweeney. Now, I don't think it would be the right play, but I know I know Abdallah really feels passionately about this. That he doesn't think Dabo should ever leave, nor should any head coach who is at a program that's rolling like Clemson is should leave for the NFL. And and you can go into it, Abdallah, but the other night on the show,
3: you you really nailed it with with Dabo Sweeney. No, I think that look, we get to a Final Four in college in in uh, the NFL, right? The AFC and NFC Championship games. Name me a team that is guaranteed to get to that spot every single year. There isn't even as good as the Chiefs and the Ravens are. They're not guaranteed because it's the NFL where everybody, once you get to the playoffs, but especially those two games, has a chance. Dabo Sweeney has a chance to make it to a national championship game every single year. They just roll through. They lost their entire defensive line to the draft last year, and they still have the best defensive line in college football. Like, he just reloads. This isn't him going out and trying to recruiting. He's reached Nick Saban level when it comes to recruiting because all he has to do is walk in and put the rings down and say, you want to win a championship? Come play for me. You want to be in, on national TV? every single week come play for me and when you are making nine and a half million dollars a year which is something that a an nfl team is never going to pay you that's just salary that doesn't include his incentives for making the playoff the incentives for winning his conference the incentives for winning his conference title game and the incentives for getting to and then winning a national championship game dude is clearing well over 10 million a year he runs that town He is the mayor, the the duke, the king, the earl, whatever you want to call it, of that town. He doesn't need to go anywhere else. He is also vehemently against paying players and has said multiple times that he would rather quit college football than coach a team where the players are getting paid. So you're going to say he's going to go to a team where, one, they're not good. They're not set up to win. Yes, you have the most important position on the field covered, but other than that, the Texans are garbage. So it's going to take a while to rebuild that. And then on top of that, everyone around you is making more money than you. Yes. And they don't have to listen to you. His dog and pony, not dog and pony show, but you know what I mean. His rah, rah, we're college. This is all good. You guys are going to play for me. It's going to be great. That doesn't work in the NFL.
2: Yeah. People have tried and failed. I I would say this, that, and and for some that are listening to us that are pro fans, but enjoy our show because we're talking college football, maybe you don't get this, but I'll, I'll try to explain it to you like this cuz we don't have this in the state of Illinois where Fitzgerald or Lovey rules the Midwest or rules the state of Illinois when it comes to college football but in places like Clemson like it is in Tuscaloosa like it is in Athens and certain places around the south and sometimes in the west when uh, USC is good and you rule that state you rule that area Dabo Sweeney is so important to not just Clemson, but also the state of South Carolina. Like, you're always going to be second or third best because of what Dabo brings to the table. We, have, we, we cannot express more about when a college program is good, how that coach and that program rules the entire area. Dabo is the king of South Carolina. It doesn't matter what other schools do in that area. Because Dabo has been able to win national championships, because he's the number one team in the country, man, it, 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 it rains and shines with that program. And so when you're in the National Football League, he can go there now, be there three years and get fired. We've seen some of the greatest go from college to pros. He's looking at you, Steve Spurrier, going from the college to pros and fail Because they don't have that same feeling of superiority and command of their team in the NFL like they do in college. Bill O'Brien, I mean, he did
4: really well at Penn State after all the uh, scandal that went on there. And then he jumps to the NFL, never had quite the same success, even though his success at Penn State wasn't like winning a national title. You know, the, the funny thing with Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, we're talking about this great program, number one in the country, all the championships. They've won two in the last five years. Just two. You're hot. Just two. Though. Mm-hmm. But you, you, know, you get th- there every but, year. Yeah, but this is not Saban. No, uh, Sabin Saban has won more than two. Like, like, but, you're, but you're in the
3: mix though. But he's chasing Saban, he, he, and he wants he to get to there. Like he is. that's the when people say there's no well, if you're just there every year, what's the challenge? The challenge is to get to Saban. The challenge is to get to the to that number. The challenge is to get and beat and, Saban and, and every Saban, year.
4: And Saban's chasing ghosts, those who came before him mm-hmm. back in the '70s and the '60s, right? College football greats, yeah. as far as head coaches. So like you know it. It's interesting.
2: But Baron Paterno in the past, though, when you take a look at what Saban does every year. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: No, I'm with you. I just think that we I think most college football fans just assume Clemson is at that same level as Alabama. But Clemson has not had the sustained success that Alabama has had. Now, now, Dabo Sweeney may very well for the next 10 years rule the South, the Atlantic Coast Conference and that south pocket of the country mm-hmm. where he gets all the recruits and he gets the college football playoff like Abdallah saying a shoe-in almost each and every year. He's to do that, though. So I wonder if a team came with deep pockets to him saying, hey, you can call all of the shots and you get your quarterback who you compared to Michael Jordan and the people running the organization are your close personal friends. This organization is set up for you.
2: I wonder so, if that's enticing to him. So is, uh, what has, what's deeper pockets, the college football pockets of the boosters or the oil money of see, Texas? Yeah, see, there the, you go. The mean... slick
3: oil money. He wouldn't even be the top team in Texas. He's correct. not even in the top team in his own state that is if correct. he goes to the Texans because whose pockets are deeper? Jerry's or the Texans? Jerry's. Oh, Jerry's, yeah. Okay, he's yeah, not playing Cowboys, in Jerry's world every for here. sure. He's playing in the Texans. He's yeah. playing for the number two team. Yeah. Here, he's playing for the number one
2: team in the state. I just think, and, but you're, and if you make that move, you're rolling the dice on, and it's nothing, hey, nothing against Deshaun Watson, but if there's no Deshaun Watson, what are you? He'll right. go, how about that? He goes to the NFL, stays until Saban retires, and he goes to Alabama. That, that's, all, that's always well, possible. Bill O'Brien well, will be back in college.
4: Well, if your whole theory is built on Dabo wanting to be with the quarterback, why not the Jets? All right, now we turn uh, on, now on, to – uh, They'll have the number
2: one pick. Nobody, who, who, who will they take? No, Nobody wants that. No. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I think our, biggest, our bigger point is, is that college is a okay. better job. All right, I'm and, with you on that. And Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network agrees. Uh, he believes that Clemson's a much better job than the Texans.
6: Take that. Coach, coach at Clemson, and, and, and I have to be honest with you, if, if Dabble's still swinging, he's been an, an unbelievable uh, college coach and what he's built at Clemson. But I, that ain't the NFL. I don't care how many NFL players you recruit and bring in, that's not the NFL. And Dabo's able to do what he wants to do at, at Clemson. He can mold the team the way he wants to mold it uh, off the field as well and who he brings in. When you're dealing with grown men, they don't like to be told necessarily what to do, particularly if you haven't proved what you want to do at, at the National Football League level. So I don't even think – you can talk about dropping all the money you want to drop. Dabo Sweeney, is coach, Deshaun Watson, but he wasn't his offensive coordinator. He wasn't calling plays. So I think if, if the Texans went in that direction, they're still going down the same road and not improving at all. Because you, you, you went with Bill O'Brien. There was a power struggle there uh, in the front office a few years ago. He ended up winning that and, and got the general manager hat too. And, and you see what that ultimately got it didn't work out, so I think they got to go find an established guy. I think Eric B. Enemy would be a guy that you know they need to be trying to interview before they go and try to dump. They can try to dump all the money they want to. I don't think it'll it'll be the right move for the Texas.
0: More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show.
1: ESPN One Thousand. Chicago's home for sports.
2: Chicago's College Sailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN <laughs> Chicago Ooh. app. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you. And we have a final in the Red River Shootout. Adam? Boomer! Sooner. Boomer! Sooner. 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 Boomer! Sooner.
3: Sooner. As Sam Ellinger is intercepted in the fourth overtime, Oklahoma wins 53-45 to 45 in the game that would never end. It is It is over.
4: Yeah, the touchdown in the fourth overtime for Oklahoma. Rattler to Stoops, 25 yards for the touchdown. And uh, there you go. So Oklahoma, they win. They now go to 2-2. Two and two. Texas is not back. They are now 2-2. Two and two. And the two powers of the Big 12
2: with two losses each. Texas is back, folks. While well, we have to worry about them in the Final Four conversation, well, now we slip in with Iowa State. With an opportunity now in the, in the Big 12. Congrats. Oklahoma
3: State, Iowa State. What do you got? Congrats to Georgia for being the fourth team in the uh, college football playoff. No. Well, oh, yeah,
4: things are uh, <laughs> no. tricky in the first half no. in Athens.
3: Um, tough terrain. You know. Sometimes you get these weekends. We've we've been watching college football a long time, guys. And you get these weekends where. What'd you say? It was drunk. College gets, football's drunk. It gets weird. And uh, if you're a fan of any team that hasn't played yet, you're worried that
2: it's, the weirdness could claim your team. We're going to put money in your pocket coming up at 4 o'clock. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Sean, put that in the poll as well at ESPN 1000. What's a better job, pro or college, when it comes to coaching? Uh, uh, parentheses, dabble Sweeney. Uh, we go to Ryan and Gurney with us here on Chicago's College Tailgate with Jonathan, Adam, and Chris on ESPN 1000, brought to you by Four Winds Casino. Hey, Hey, Ry. Ryan. Hey, guys. Nice show today. Pretty good. Thanks. I'll yeah. take average. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know,
5: Dabo Sweeney cares about these kids. I mean, if I'm Dabo, like, why not the Jets? I mean, Lawrence, like, his career is on the line going to the Jets. Like, he's going to have to, like, refuse to sign, like, unless they get Dabo Sweeney. So do you, I think he should go to the Jets.
2: You, do you think a, so you think a pro job is better than a great college job?
5: You know, the uh, – it depends on what you want. The pro job is the number one job, and that's where the guys go to prove it and get their job done, just like you guys today on the radio. The, You know, the uh, college job's more like, you know, teaching out at the college at Lombard. So, but both really awesome.
3: I mean, if the college at Lombard paid me $9.5 million a year, well, uh, I think I would, I think well, I'd go. Let's I'd definitely look at this do the way, roots right? better. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Good. Go ahead, Chris.
3: <laughs> Let's look at it this way:
4: uh, someone like Dabo Sweeney, or any standing coach. by on the
2: phones, <laughs> operators standing by, standing by at uh, eight fifteen. Yeah. They're standing by. Hello, six three zero Jay J- Hood, S- listener six three zero nine one six seven. 7- Mister Ali, right? hundred Mister ali's standing oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Illinois Media School. No, I'm, I'm just trying to interrupt. Be on air a, as you do the read. Oh, it's okay. yeah I still get either way. I still get paid. It's, it's combat pay, but I still get paid nonetheless. <laughs> okay, so, so a, a college coach <clears throat> yeah. at his university,
4: it, it's a protect, protected bubble somewhat. Where in the NFL, like, w- what's the rate of success? How many head coaches in the NFL are there for more than six years? I would guess, without even looking it up, it, it's a pretty low percentage, right? Like, not every coach is Belichick or Mike Tomlin. Like, those guys have had those gigs for quite some time. But usually, most NFL teams aren't very good, and most NFL teams are giving coaches three, four years, and then they're chewing them up and spitting them out. Mm -hmm. So, like, a a a college coach who is not even that successful, Kurt Ferentz, you could be out of school. Pat Pat Fitzgerald. You could be out of school for years. Mm. Lovey you, Smith, you could be there for years. Come on, now. and as long as you're making progress, Come on. As long as you're making progress, you're good. That's enough. No about, one touches you. Don't,
2: let's not talk about Kirk Ferentz. You know he's still a hot name in the NFL. Just Clay, ask him. Clay Helton. Yeah, I'll, I'll I mean, give you names he, all day. These are hot. These that's hot name. But that's but, soon to be undefeated. Clay Helton. To you you get it right. I'm I'm aware. But the point being
4: is that the pressure, even though the, the boosters and the fans have
2: pressure and they want to win. The pressure is different than NFL pressure. Well, let's let's talk about – okay, as we go to break, let's talk about success, right? A six-win team can get you a bowl game. You can measure that as a successful season. A six-win NFL season can get you fired quickly. Yes. So simple as that. The the type of winning that you could do in college can – give you an opportunity to stay in your job. In the NFL, it's getting closer to the NBA in that in that regard. Like, you have a couple of bad seasons, they're getting rid of you. And there's a reason, because people don't have time to wait for you to develop your program. I'm at Patricia. All right, coming up, we will put money in your pocket, also a scoreboard, some wild action in college football for week six right here on CCT.
0: This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. ESPN go One Thousand and We're the going ESPN get the game. Chicago. we are gonna play some demons, They're gonna play some defense. We're gonna run the ball. It's time to immerse yourself in the world of college football. ESPN One Thousand has studied hard and has all the answers. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Advanced degrees not required. Understanding the
1: Wildcat?
0: Essential. Chicago's College Tailgate Show.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
0: The CCT Scoreboard on ESPN 1000. Here's Chris Black with the scoreboard. Chris.
2: Georgia leads God. by
4: three over Tennessee, 17-14, 4-49 in the second quarter. Auburn up 10 nothing on Arkansas he's, with 12 in the second quarter.
2: He's like former employee Jude that used to work here. He wants Introduce an me, and now here's the voice of the Flames, Dave Jude. Thank you. BYU
4: 14-3 <laughs> on Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Iowa State up by two touchdowns, 21-7 over Texas Tech. Tech. A minute left in the second quarter of that contest. Uh, finals from earlier today. Missouri beats LSU, forty-five to forty-one. Oklahoma beats Texas fifty three to forty five in four overtimes. Texas A and M they upset the number four team in the country, Florida forty one to thirty eight. North Carolina they escape fifty six to forty five over Vitek, and that's the top twenty five scoreboard here on Chicago's College
2: Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate brought to you by Fort Winds Casino. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you trying to put money in your pocket as we turn to Mitch Moss from Veasan the coast to follow the money. And guess what, guys? Mitch is on television on Marquee Sports Network. He's on that show across Chicago and the Midwest from 6 to 9 a.m. Chicago time. Mitch Moss, friend of the program, joins us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Mitch, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, one of the Marquee games tonight with uh, Miami against Clemson. So um, what are your overall thoughts about that matchup? Uh, As number one Clemson against, uh, it's supposed to be an improving Miami team.
9: Well, when it comes to uh, from the betting standpoint, i believe this: that uh, Circus Sports they are the first book, you know, out here in Las Vegas and uh, pretty much globally to open up college football numbers. They put them up right away on Sundays during the NFL election. They opened up Miami 14 in this game, and the total was 65. Uh, during the week, it got back up to Miami 15 and a half. Now it's back down to 15, and the total is all the way down from that 65 to 59 and a half. And I think a lot of that, you know, uh, had to do with the potential effects of the hurricane. This summer, um, in that area. And I think that it might not be as bad as people anticipated. So it's crashed by a full touchdown. I will tell you that, you know, I do, talking to a lot of other betters and watching Clemson play the first few weeks of the season, I don't think their defense is at the same level where it's been the last couple of years. Um, the offense, certainly, they have tons of pros, including the guy who's probably going to be the number one pick at Lawrence. And I love Etienne and their, their receivers they have. But I just, I think with Miami, and you got to give, you know, the coaching staff credit, the new offensive coordinator, they recognize what they have with De'Ara King. They're so much more dynamic this year than they were a year ago because of him at quarterback. I think that Clemson's going to be it's, – it's not going to be easy to slow down this Hurricanes offense tonight. So I think going to be in for a game, whether or not they can actually cover the 14 or 15 points in another story. But I, I do think uh, as long as the weather's okay and it cooperates, I can see both teams put up a lot of points in this contest.
3: Another game that's going to be affected by weather tonight is Alabama-Ole Miss. We've heard it all week. Saban 20-0 and against former coaches that have worked for him uh, in the past. This total came crashing down again like, uh, like the other one that you mentioned because of uh, Hurricane Delta. The spread right now, 22.5 in some places, twenty up to 23.5 in some other places. How do you see this game tonight between Sabin and Lane Kiffin?
9: Yeah, and how about this? So the total opened up 79.5 and And it lasted for all of, you know, six, seven minutes at circuit. It's now down a full 10 points, which is incredible for a couple of games. But uh, so obviously that has to do with the weather. Let me give you some numbers here with Bama uh, and Ole Miss on the season. I mean, this Ole Miss defense is so bad. They're allowing 600 yards per game on the season, 600. That is dead last in college football. They give up 302 on the ground and 298 passing. So it's pretty well balanced how teams can attack this defense. And uh, get this, the defense is allowing eight yards per play. So essentially, every time the opposing team says hot, they're almost picking up a first down. They're giving up 46 points per game, uh, guys. That's only ahead of Texas Techies, Carolina, North Texas in the country. And uh, on Alabama's side, I think Mac Jones. We haven't seen a drop off at all mm-hmm. from Tua at quarterback last year to what we have with Mac Jones. And part of that is Mac Jones is really good. But also, like, they have so many weapons on offense. Like, I, just in my head, watching the guys they had at wide receiver last year, and they were awesome, Rugs and Judy, their receivers at this level anyway, I think are, like, just as good as what they had last year. And they average 476 yards on 7.6 yards per play, that second overall in the country. But, again, uh, I, I kind of want to see how bad the weather is going to be. On, on, you know, if, if we're talking about good conditions here, Bama could name their score. And they would. they probably score in the 50s, but I need to see what the. As Tennessee just scored the way it looks, or was he out of bounds here uh, against Georgia? Exactly uh, I, think he I think
3: yeah.
1: he was in. I think he was in, Mitch. That's a
3: gambler yeah. right there.
1: Yeah. What I,
3: what, yeah. What, what, uh, the ear on the phone, the other eye is on the uh, game. <laughs> I think he was in, Mitch. <laughs> Ooh, oh, it, it depends. God.
4: Which foot are they counting? Are they counting the. Let's see. Is it that?
2: No, I think, I think he was the left in. The foot was in. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. in. Left, left
9: foot in, right foot out. Yeah, left foot in right there. Well, anyway, guys, right. Georgia's in for a battle here today. <laughs> Tennessee, at 2-0 and on the season and ranked 14th nationally. If that counts, Tennessee's up 20-17, to BAP pending. But like I was saying, if, if we had good conditions tonight, it would be an absolute, you know, a, a boat race by Alabama. And it still could be, obviously, but again, it's one of those things I want to see with my own eyes.
4: Florida State travels to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. You can hear the game right here on ESPN 1000 starting at 530. Uh, when we look at the Fighting Irish, they've been off a couple of weeks because of COVID-19. How do you think the Fighting Irish will fare in this contest?
9: It's a great question. And basically, uh, yeah, I mean, they haven't played Damn since it. September 19th now. So they are 1-1 ATS on the season. Uh, Duke covered against them back in week one. That game also stayed under. And the Irish have over on their own against South Florida. Um, I am concerned about being off, you know, for you know three three and a half weeks at this point. On the flip side, guys, you know, going back years, this matchup was always one of the best in the country. Florida State, uh, I mean, just I, I, I don't like seeing programs like Florida State, Texas. Um, I, they should always be good, in my opinion. They should never get back. USC is another one. I just this Florida State team, they they kind of stink. I mean, they lost to Georgia Tech in week one when they were laying thirteen. They were catching double digits against Miami. They lost by six touchdowns. And I watched not all of that game, but um, some of that game against Jacksonville State. And the final score, I know, was 41-24. I actually think it was misleading. It was closer than that in the second half. Uh, and they actually were, I believe, down at halftime every we if I recall correctly. They're, they're just, they don't, I think they, they're a couple of years away from getting back to where they were, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, the intriguing part, though, is how, how fresh Crystal he's fighting Irish. D. What do you guys think they're being, you know, so close to the program coming out today, you know, not having played in almost three, three
2: and a half weeks. Uh, you know, we saw Florida State against Jacksonville State. I know I watched that game and Florida State you as you mentioned, they're not any good. The thing they that that thing is, uh, Kelly did not say who's available and who's not. You would think just from even the backups from Notre Dame they should run over Florida State, but I'm staying away from the I what do you have, Adam? Twenty one? I have 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Yeah, I'm staying away from that today because I don't know what Notre Dame has. Like, I, I believe in book. I believe in their offense. I just don't know who else is healthy. So I'm staying away from that, probably look at the total more than anything else.
9: Yeah, I don't blame you. I think that's probably a good way to approach it. I mean, I've actually been betting against teams where we find out kind of late that they're missing guys because of COVID or because of other things. I'll tell you, I bet against uh, Tech now two weeks in a row. We found out today that they were missing a couple of more guys, and North Carolina was down all the way to three in they sport. You know fifty plus points against them last week against Duke. We found out on game day that they were going to be without thirteen guys. So that's been pretty decent—a uh, decent way to bet games so far this year. When we get this news kind of late in the week,
2: I, uh, before I pull the trigger on on Mississippi State and Kentucky, I don't know which Bulldog game, uh, team I'm getting. Is it the team that was very good offensively against LSU or struggling against Arkansas? That's why I want to ask you before I pull the trigger, one way or the other, on this game against Kentucky.
9: Well, uh, in you know, in typical Mike Leach fashion, right? Like he's always been very good catching point. Uh You don't want to play him when he's actually a big favorite, like he was last week. So, I mean, all things considered, uh, last couple of games for him so far to start the season was kind of his mo. I mean, he, he's done that all the time. Like at Washington State, he would lose to like Eastern Washington, where he had 28 points. Like, wait, what the heck? they scored? How many points against like Eastern Washington? That game doesn't make any sense. But that kind of is what he does now they're catching three in this game against Kentucky. I, look, I know that they only scored that game last week, I think it was, what, 21-14 against Arkansas. I think 57-and-a-half is kind of a low total. I'm not going to be surprised if this game's going to be a shootout. At the end of the day, we see both teams scoring in the 30s, and that game goes over
3: 57. We don't have any uh, late-night Pac-12 games just yet. we got a couple more games for that. But there's a, is there another game on the schedule, maybe from one of these smaller schools like a Marshall, Western Kentucky, UTEP, Louisiana Tech, Charlotte, North Texas, that you have your eye on tonight? Chasers. Yes, Chasers, yes, is what I'm <laughs> – that's the – yes.
9: Uh, I would say Temple and Navy. We were told from uh, guys that we totally respect that Temple uh, is the right side in this game tonight against Navy, and I would totally believe in what, they, um, uh, what their opinion is on a game like this. And you know, to, the, the point was maybe the most misleading result of any game so far this year, well, certainly of any half, would be what Navy did to Delane in the second half of that game where they were getting shut out in 24-0 at halftime. They came back to win the game 27-24, and Tulane is not awful. How Navy did that is still beyond beyond me because they lost and BYU's good. but they got, I mean, just hammered against BYU fifty-five to three. And then what was that last week against Air Force? Air Force actually had the COVID problem, um, and that game they opened up a one-point favorite. Navy it switched where Navy became a seven-point favorite, so that, that line moved eight points, and that, they got run out forty to seven. So I would think that Temple might be a good uh, a good team to bet on tonight. They're up to four against Navy just because I don't think Navy's any good.
2: Mitch Moss from VEASAN, uh, Cole, so follow the money. You can watch it on the Marquee Sports Network from 6 to 9 uh, in the morning on Marquee Sports Network. Mitch, as always, we appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for coming on with us in Chicago. Thanks for having me. Anytime good luck tonight, guys. And, uh, Mitch Moss from VEASAN, uh with us here on Chicago's College Tailgate, brought to you by Four Winds Casino. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you here on ESPN 1000. I'm glad you asked about Mississippi State and Kentucky
4: because I was thinking the same thing. Will Leach show up? Will that offense show up? Kentucky's been disappointing to this point in the season. They should have. I know a lot of people are kind of picking Kentucky as like a, a deep, deep, dark horse in the SEC mm-hmm. to win some football games. So it was a game that
2: I was kind of keeping my eye on. Some thoughts now from Lincoln Riley, the head coach for Oklahoma. <laughs> as Oklahoma survives, by God, against Texas in four overtimes, 53-45. to 45. Here's Coach Riley. The
3: longest game in Red River history, and Lincoln, you've now won four of the last five against
10: Texas, but the resiliency of your guys throughout overtime, getting it done, What is the moment yeah. for you?
5: You know, in any year to quit, you know, this would have been the one. You know, with all this fun against this team, and give Texas credit, what a battle. This has got to be one of the greatest Red River shootouts of all time. Um, Unbelievable game, man. Unbelievable.
3: Your defense ends it. Trey Brown, finally. You've been wanting the finish from that group. How impressive were they? Yeah,
5: the turnovers were great. You know, we, we fought. We've a couple plays we didn't make. But, man, we made, we made it when it counted and, and won it, man. It was it was awesome.
9: Spencer Rattler was a special in the second half yep. in overtime. What did you say to him at the break? Uh no,
5: he did nothing. I mean, he, he we went through the adjustments. Uh, I thought Tanner came in and did a good job. And, and it settled Spencer down a little bit. And he made a lot of big-time plays there at the end.
0: We're going to be talking about this one for a while, Coach. Congrats.
10: Forever,
2: thanks. <laughs> Indeed, forever. forever. Like, the, like the game. Forever. <laughs> As the cannons going off in the background. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, I did. All right, coming up, guys. You know it's our favorite game. We're gonna spin the wheel
0: spin it. next right here on CCT. More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show.
1: ESPN One Thousand. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
2: Keeping our eyes on some of the key games in college football, including Tennessee and Georgia. As Tennessee leading Georgia 21-17, You know, one thing I did not want, Chris, is uh, some kind of shootout with the Volunteers. I did not want that today. Oh, this is uh, kind
4: of like a grappling match at the moment. Mm -hmm. Tennessee up 21-17, but the Bulldogs, what, fourth and goal from the one? Kirby
2: going to kick, or is he going to try and force it in? Uh, You know, just didn't expect that uh, back and forth against the Volunteers, against Floppy Top. So we'll see what happens. Oh, Good old floppy top. Oh, floppy top. Floppy top, oh, floppy floppy top. top. <laughs> floppy top Tennessee. <laughs> Can't stand them. Actually, no, it's not even uh, – well, it, you know, they're entitled, that program. That that Tennessee program is entitled. It's funny. Like my my hatred starts with Florida first, right? And then it's Tennessee. Like Alabama's like way down there. <laughs> like, I, like I don't hate Alabama at all. But it's with, like Florida and like – the entitled Tennessee program. Does Pruitt not know how to wear the mask?
4: Yeah, he's got it on. Can can you uh, can you uh, explain what that is? Oh, you can I explain it? Well, I, I'm just asking. Do you want me to explain it? Ah, did he get it? It's a, it's a little short. Looks like he got stopped. Looks like the balls stand tall on the goal line. Turnover on downs. Okay, uh, no, he's wearing the mask over his head, ears, chin. But face and nose completely
3: out for Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, he's uh, a couple of my uh, my Egyptian aunties would be very upset (laughs) that his uh, at the way he's got that styled right now. Someone needs to tell him that if you're going to cover the, uh, I don't think he. You know, there's all that COVID
4: transmission through yeah. the ear holes, yeah, they, right?
2: the COVID to the ear thing. You want to make sure that's covered. <laughs>
3: what is he doing?
2: Yeah, because I guess he, he learned that someplace. at some journal that you can get oh, COVID man. in your ears
0: all as right. we spin the wheel. And now it's time to spin the wheel on Chicago's College Tailgate on no ESPN any. 1000.
2: All right. It's time, time to spin the wheel right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Ah, oh, that gives Adam a chuckle, doesn't it? It's just the music is so perfect. I just love it so much. Well, you know, I figured it out. It, it's it, If you notice television today, right, compared to when I was growing up, yeah. used to have a long story. You know, Maude would be on. Lady Dive. it was a freedom, right? Like it, like the open would be five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like the family guy bit. Like by the time the open's over, the show's well, over, right? I mean, yeah. but, now, but now in 2020, the, the, the shows have shorter opens right to the programming. You don't have the long, elaborate telling a story open well, for shows I mean, anymore. Sometimes you got you got you just wonder you gotta ask what happened to predictability,
3: <laughs> what happened?
0: And now it's time to spin the wheel on Chicago's college tailgate on ESPN One Thousand.
2: all right. We turn now to spinning the wheel as we have that's uh, we have items for you every week. Uh, you want me to spin first, Chris? Yeah, go give all it a good spin. All right, here we go. I I no way, I mean, no way, I mean, no way, I mean, no way, I mean, no way, right. no I mean, no way, I mean, no, I mean. uh, oh, it landed on this no. question. If you remove Trevor Lawrence from the equation, mm. which quarterback or offensive weapon in college football would you want to help you win a national championship, Adam?
3: Uh, I mean, it's probably Justin Fields, right? We haven't seen him play yet, but I would say he's probably going to be the uh, the the number two in, in Heisman voting once he starts playing. Um, I would say after that. I know. Just one. Yeah, yeah. That's, then it's got to be Justin Fields. Chris?
4: My pick will be Travis Etienne, the hmm. star running back for the Clemson Tigers. I feel as if uh, you have a program and you have one of the best running backs, and we've seen over the course of the last couple of years, that he has proven that he's in that conversation of some of the greats that we've seen running back-wise in college football. He doesn't get the same respect as I think others have in the past just because he's with a quarterback who's getting all the limelight and a team that's one of the best in the country. I'm going to go Travis Etienne.
2: You know, I wrote down fields, and I had a couple of choices here. Uh, and I wrote down Kyle Trask from Florida. That's a good pick. I, I use. I think Trask, no matter the loss, I just think that he put up a lot of production. I think that he's really that good. I, we, we could also add
4: Kyle Pitts to the conversation
2: yeah. as well. He is such a weapon
3: in his own right.
4: Seven touchdowns right now.
2: Waddle. Yeah.
3: <laughs> By
4: Waddle.
2: I,
3: I like Jalen Waddle. I think he's good, but you have to. To me, with guys like Pitts and guys like Waddle, someone has to get them the football. They can't just, re- like, Waddle does return pun- uh, punts and kickoffs, so he has that ability, but I'm not picking a special teams guy. Someone has to get them the football. That's why I went with Justin Fields. You could say Travis Etienne can do it by himself as a running back because no one needs to get him the football. Mm-hmm. So, But it, to take a wide receiver, a tight end to me, would be a little bit of a stretch because it's a 1-2 thing. Would you like to take a spin at him? Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go.
2: It landed on most unlikable coach in college football. Most unlikable coach hmm. in college football. Adam? Hmm. I, I,
3: I've told you I'm going to eat this when he's eventually the coach of Alabama, but I can't stand Davos Sweeney. Can't stand him. I think his, his, I think he's fake nice guy. I think that hmm. he said on multiple times that he would take another job rather than pay the players. I don't think he's got his players' best interest in mind when you make statements like that. College football is about the players. And, yeah, you give them these great uh, accommodations, and you give them all that kind of stuff, and it's awesome, and they get the, their free education for playing for you. But to say stuff like that, to me, makes you a, a bad guy. He's also beaten Alabama a few times. A bad a guy. guy. Yeah, makes bad him a bad, guy. Guy.
2: bad uh, guy. Would you like to direct people to that column, by the way? The Sports Illustrated, is that where yeah, you Yeah, yeah, it was on
3: Sports Illustrated. I found it. I've tweeted it out before. Uh, you can find it where he says, uh, I would rather take another job. So that's fine. He can, you know, when they start paying players, he can sell cars.
2: All right, Chris. Open up a dealership or something. It landed on most unlikable coaching college oh, football. There's so many good options,
4: right? Uh, we have Elaine Kiffin now in the SEC. Uh, we have some uh, certain Big Ten coaches who find uh, find a, a trouble to win football games. But
3: am I allowed to do this? Oh. The, there's, a uh, this oh. there's a lot of personal bias in this We're, question. There's a lot of personal bias in this question. We're the home of the fighting Irish. Oh
4: no. Right? Oh, oh, no. I don't know if you can do this.
3: All right. Well, I'll pick someone else
2: then. No. I mean, oh, I didn't know. Well, no, that surprised me. I didn't know you were going there. Brian Kelly? Wow. It's pretty unlikable, right?
3: You guys tell me.
2: I, I think I, in the past he's been
3: unlikable, but I think you're I,
2: I think Cincinnati Brian Kelly was also unlikable. And I think the yeah. first three years of the Notre Dame regime, red face right. uh, Brian Kelly. Now, I think he settled in after the win. He does been. yoga. Right. Remember that right. whole
3: column right. about him doing yoga now in his room? He's got like the okay. Lululemons on All right. All and he does yoga.
4: Then let's uh let's move him to the side. No, no, we won't do That's that. That's interesting. I I'm didn't a, know the Irish, but uh, hmm. I, I think Tom Herman's in the conversation because he's very cocky down there at Texas and they have struggled to be or to ha- he's struggled to have an impact like we thought he would at Texas. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to give you Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is the most unlikable coach in college football. A lot
2: of personal bias in these questions. Cocktail face. A lot of personal bias,
4: yes.
2: (laughs) Uh, You guys, if you listen to anything I've said on the show, you know what my choice is. Right? Should we say it at the same time? Uh Uh Should we say it on three? One, two, three, go. Yep. 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 One, two,
4: three, go. James Franklin. Yep. Yep. I nailed it. Yes. Yep.
2: But why? Completely fake. That's all football. That's (laughs) fake. So That's the same not, reasons that I don't like Dabo, no, no, just like anything he says to me is a lie. That's what I believe. Okay, I, I don't believe anything that James Franklin tells me, and I just think it's great that you could be chummy football guy on Big Noon and just like, hey guys, you know we're here for the play, You know we're here for the players. Big Noon. You're not here for the players. You're mm-hmm. just here for yourself. I just I just think that Coachy Coach is way over the top, and I don't see anything real about James Franklin at all. Period. Yeah, I think I think he is as plastic as a football bat. Who's faker, James Franklin or Lane
4: Kiffin? I think you and I uh, each selected uh, individual. I mean, heck, I think Abdallah can make the argument hard for Dabo Sweeney as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there there's a certain um, part of college football coaches that is used car salesman, right? Oh yeah, it has to oh, be. Oh
2: yeah,
3: yeah. I just James Franklin just. I think mean, any college coach is a used car salesman,
2: basketball or football. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you want to spin the wheel? Yeah, let's give it an old spin <laughs> Ah, it landed on a team you enjoy watching that isn't your team that you root for. Uh, style of play or coaching. So a team that you enjoy watching that isn't your team.
4: Hmm. i'll answer first i'll go with iowa state i like matt campbell because i ah. like that they focus on the run and Stole defense by. defense first and they're a scrappy bunch they're a team that doesn't have as much talent as others in the big 12 but they find a way to get
2: it done and i like teams like that i had no, i had iowa state written also but right next to it you know what i written hmm. notre dame oh okay oh that's not bad home of the irish that that's not the reason why as you <laughs> well know no i mean what's not to like about their offense What's not to like about how they just go about their business offensively? Their quarterback isn't very good. Oh, decent. Decent. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I He's mean, good enough to win. Yeah. You'll they're take good it. enough to win. Like, like, Everybody can't be Trevor Lawrence. No, I know. Or Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Who? Who?
3: Uh, mine is uh, Big Leach. Um, oh, the, for heaven's sake. Mike Leach. I love the, uh, the air raid, I, whether it was at Washington State or now Mississippi State. I don't care if you win games. They're, they're fun. They're, they're always fun. They're always chaotic. There's always something about even if he's down 21 or down three, four touchdowns, you know he's going to keep throwing it. Even if he's up three, four touchdowns, he's going to keep throwing it. So I like. uh, I also like watching Michigan. I got family from Michigan. That's who they root for. I like watching Michigan football.
2: I'm going to be handing you uh, Leach's play sheet. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. That's the, fine. The, the napkin. That's fine. There you go, That's fine. You. I don't mind it. It's <laughs> you like, fun. You like the half napkin he's got. Yeah, in, so.
3: It's great to watch. I like it. <laughs> that's his play sheet Give me
2: right more there. Big Leech. Uh, the On the play sheet, it says, throw the football.
3: Yeah. I'm
4: showing the twitchers right now. ESPN 1000 Chicago. Yeah. I have it right throw there. Throw it
3: as far and as hard as you can.
2: That's <laughs> Leach's playbook. I love it. It's great. Uh, Chris, what did you say? You said Iowa State? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I had that written down too. Interesting. Oh, you know we got. Can we have? Let's give it time. Is R.J. Young's coming up, right? Oklahoma uh, fan. He's got to be happy somewhat about what happened here. Let me give one more spin of the wheel here. Oh, this will be interesting. Ah, I was hoping it would land there. (laughs) Best college football analyst in the business, Chris. All right. Uh... For my
4: money, if I'm watching a college football game, all is right in the world if you could give me a Rod Gilmore on the call.
0: <laughs> I love a, a game with Rod Gilmore. Nothing like the random Friday night game. For the Pac 12, yes. <laughs> I really I enjoy Rod Gilmore. I
4: think he, I like the way he sees the Rod. game. No,
2: Rod's a good I like man. the way
4: he sees the game. He has fun with it. I didn't ex- he gets all the bits. He's in on all the bits, no matter who he's God with.
2: <laughs> Sideline reports, whatever's going on. Oh, Damn it, man. Give me a Rod Gilmore of all the people. Like the he likes the Benetti, the Benetti yeah, Rod Gilmore sneaky Friday night game, yes. Utah game. Yes, yeah, the late night cow. He's on yeah. it, man. He's on it, and That's he's got, good.
4: He's got all of college football covered because they'll go through all the different games, the, yeah. all, the
2: whole slate. And he'll give Gilmore. you a thought on everything. I like Rod Gilmore. Give me Rod, that. Rod I, I, Gilmore. I, uh, I said uh, Joel Klatt.
3: I was going to say Joel Klatt, too. No, I was
2: going to uh, uh, Joel Klatt uh, uh. doesn't mind giving you a strong opinion. Yeah, his uh, top 10 comes out every week on Tuesdays, right? You know, Gus and Joe Clatt, and I listened. Now, I was That's good, yeah. Now, here's the thing I didn't like.
0: Big news!
2: I, I didn't like the idea that they pushed Charles Davis out they improved, You know, and they put Joe Clatt mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Davis is better for it. He's in CBS doing NBA, NFL now. But, yeah. uh, you know, Joe Klatt, it's a big game when he's there. The big nooner. Big nooner. nooner. Pretty big good? nooner. Big good.
3: nooner. Um, can I give you one that who's someone who's not? I don't know if he's in the booth or not. I don't think he is. But I know he does college football analysts. We hear him here on ESPN it's Trevor Maddich. Uh, Trevor Manisch yep. is great. I he think he great. loves the game. He's got great insight into the game. He's always enjoyable. Uh, he was on before uh, we came on here analyzing the game as a guest uh, on on game day on ESPN Radio. I like Trevor Manisch. I think he's just he's great at his job.
2: He's it's always informative whenever I listen to him,
3: and he'll go along with a good bit.
2: Yeah, that's my guy. I like Trevor a, a lot, and that is our spinning of the wheel right here on ESPN 1000 here at Chicago's College Tailgate. And we're brought to you by Four Winds Casino. Coming up, we get a chance to review Oklahoma and Texas. RJ Young, who's got his fingerprints all over the Sooners, he'll give us his thoughts on that coming up next.
1: ESPN 1000, Chicago's
0: home for sports. This is Chicago's (laughs) College Tailgate (laughs) Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdon the cct scoreboard on espn 1000 we turn now to chris blackwood our cct scoreboard for God's
2: sake
4: at halftime georgia tennessee tennessee leads 21 to 17 wow bulldogs had chance right. to punch it in at the end of the half the balls stand tall they go to the half 21 17 in that contest upset bird alive Auburn in Arkansas, 17-12. The Tigers lead with two minutes left in the second quarter of that one. BYU's up 14-3 on Texas San Antonio. Iowa State leads 21-7 over Texas Tech with 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Other scores from earlier today, some finals. Missouri, they beat LSU, the 17th ranked team in the country, (laughs) 45-41. Texas is not back as Oklahoma wins in four overtimes, 53-45 over the Longhorns. Longhorns. Texas A&M, they beat Florida, the fourth ranked team in the country, 41 to 38. And North Carolina, they beat Virginia Tech
2: 56-45, to and that's the top 25 scoreboard right here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Our Saturday Night Specials will come your way at 5 o'clock as we put money in your pocket, but the game of the weekend is Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma, the Sooners, getting the job done in four overtimes, winning 53-45. R.J. Young is the authority when it comes to Oklahoma sports. You can also hear him tonight at 11 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000 With uh, Game night, and RJ joins us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. RJ, Jonathan, Adam, and Chris, thanks so much for your time. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Also, check out the YouTube page as well. Just look for RJ Young for his YouTube page so you can see the, his review of this game. Uh, how are you still living after four overtimes <laughs> watching Oklahoma go back and forth against Texas? How is that happening? I was resuscitated.
10: I was resuscitated twice first time when we watched and picked it off in the end zone when I thought the game was over and then Lincoln Riley looked at the cute part of his play card and decided that was what he was going to run and then once again when Sam Ellinger threw a interception to one of the hometown kids here in Tulsa Trey Brown to seal the victory so I, I died a couple of times I died a couple of times
3: what happened in the second quarter to uh, the offense? They were finding success uh, in the first quarter, and then it seemed like were they did they abandoned something, and then they found it again when they had to rally back in the third quarter, and then obviously they couldn't score again in the fourth quarter, allowing Texas to come back. Where did the where did the uh, inefficiencies come through in the offense?
10: Who was the quarterback, man? Like that was really the question that I was asking because at that time we didn't know that Rattler was out because of an injury, or he was out because. Well, he was stinking it up at the Apollo, and Lincoln Riley wanted to give him the hook. And it turned out he wanted to give him the hook, which was an interesting move because we haven't seen Riley actually do that before to any starting quarterback, no matter how much he had struggled. And then you have Tanner Mordecai, who was throwing the ball all over the yard. Sometimes he gets bailed out, sometimes he does not. I believe he's 5 of 7 passing in that quarter that you're talking about. But it was also... I mean, Chris Ash was dialing up a pretty good defense, and his linebackers came to play, guys like Juwan Mitchell and uh, Demarion Overshone, and they were really just able to frustrate them in ways that Oklahoma, quite frankly, has been frustrated all year. And knowing that you did not have a Seth McGowan to really say, okay, that's the bell cow in the backfield that we're going to hand the ball to, meant that T.J. Pledger or Marcus Major were going to have to assume that responsibility, and they weren't able to actually do that until the third quarter in which started to see the offense kind of click and play their best football.
4: More specifically with Spencer Rattler and Lincoln Riley, that relationship. We've watched Lincoln Riley and multiple quarterbacks over the last couple of years have extreme success, especially in their first year in this system. How, how would you grade out Spencer Rattler and his performance to this point this season with Lincoln Riley?
10: B-minus, because I had really high hopes for Rattler when he got to Oklahoma. As a matter of fact, you could make an argument that he scared off the guy that is backing up Matt Jones at Alabama, and the guy backing up Sam Ellinger at Texas. I expected him to play not unlike Baker Mayfield in his first year with Lincoln Riley in 2015, where you might see 30-plus touchdowns. You might also see 12 picks in a season. Right now, he's throwing at least one interception against every Big 12 team that he's faced, and there are nine other teams to face in this league. But there were some really uncharacteristic mistakes made by him from the film that we have seen. And I think it's growing pains as much as anything because you can see the talent that he has. You're just going to need to continue to play him and give him opportunities to make those mistakes. And he learned today that that job is not his for as long as he's at Oklahoma. He can lose it, and he did lose it, and for no longer than a quarter.
2: R.J. Young will be on tonight after 10 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. You're not allowed to rant and rave until that show, by the way. You've got to save your voice for the national audience, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not worth it. It's not worth it, man. For you to be ranting and yelling. Wait until the show. Uh, so, how do you look now at the the Big Twelve now? So we all know, as soon as you have two losses, that was a big game today against Texas because that's always interesting. How do? You, what's your outlook now of the Big Twelve as far as the upper echelon? It's
10: Texas Christian and Kansas State right now. Like we'll see what this weekend looks like, and I think that if Iowa State can pull off the win against Texas Tech, like I thought they could. It's topsy turvy. I mean, and that's going and talking about Oklahoma State actually playing this weekend. They're undefeated in Big 12 play and they'll come back next week. I think that I don't know what to do with this league right now with the answer to your question because the teams that I expected to be good, Oklahoma and Texas, have each caught two losses in Big 12 play and we've only played three of those games. And teams that I thought to be not necessarily very good, like West Virginia or Kansas State, have proven to be every bit the match for these upper echelon teams so i can't call it man and i don't think that i'm gonna be able to call it until they play a big 12 championship game this season
3: mm-hmm. yeah and- turn on my mic that might help yeah and then iowa state should they be able to win this game they could be the one team that you know kind of moves up into the polls do you see a chance that there is a you know some things would have to happen you know obviously an sec team or two would have to lose but is there a chance and do you think that a big 12 team should be in the conversation for the uh conference uh the playoff the the playoff at the end of the year
10: absolutely not not at all no i don't care if lsu lost to missouri today i i don't i don't care who loses or Georgia, or Tennessee. I don't care if Arkansas beats Auburn, right? You can't put a Big 12 team in the playoff this year for the simple fact that when they matched up against Sunbelt teams, they went over. Coastal Carolina gets a win against Kansas. ULL beats that Iowa State team that we all think is pretty decent now. And of course, Kansas State lost to an Arkansas State team that couldn't play the next week because they cost COVID. You can't look at the Big 12 and not call it a Sun Belt property in 2020. And if you're going to put a team in that has one loss or gone undefeated, you got to really think about that team that wins the Sun Belt right now if they are that team that goes undefeated or with one loss because of how those teams matched up against what I thought were the middle of the pack in the Big 12. So, no, I I don't see it. I think there would have to be even more chaos among the national college football stage for that to happen. To say nothing of whatever is going to happen in the Big 10, I just can't wait for chaos to get there as well.
4: RJ, you mentioned TCU earlier, and uh, they're the next opponent for Oklahoma next week. Why is Gary Patterson so successful at TCU? And like each year it seems like they're not ranked and they're not expected to do anything. And then at the end of the day, we always have to talk about them as a team who is upsetting the best teams in the Big 12, and they're always in the mix. I
10: think it's one, longevity. He's been allowed to be head coach at TCU for 20-plus years now, and you got to respect how they feel about him. The other part about being a Texas Christian is you're not going to recruit with Texas. You're not going to recruit with Oklahoma. You have a hard time recruiting with Baylor in Texas Tech. What he does so well is identify guys that are underdeveloped in high school who have traits that he cannot teach. An example of this would be a couple of years ago with an LJ Collier, who was a two star player from West Texas that was playing some wide receiver. And Gary Patterson said, come to Texas Christian. I will blow you up into a defensive end. He become the first-round draft pick. We can say the same thing about guys like Jalen Rager on the other side of the ball, playing wide receiver. He becomes a first-round draft pick. Each and every year, he's able to overdevelop this talent that the NFL really loves. And if he ever has a quarterback, they're going to be good. When they had Trayvon Boykin, they were a playoff team. When they had Casey Fallhall, they were good. Now with Max Duggan, they have an opportunity to be great. Once again, I think it's really just him running that 4 5 him identifying the talent that he needs to run it, and having an offense that stays out
2: of the defense's way. RJ will be on later on tonight on uh, game night here on ESPN 1000 after 10 o'clock. Also check out his YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for RJ Young and subscribe. As always, my friend, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on with us here in Chicago.
10: I appreciate you
2: guys. Thanks for having me. This is uh, R.J. Young, uh, no voice left uh, (laughs) after screaming at his Sooners uh, with us here on ESPN 1000. Still to come, we preview another big game. Oh, Alabama against Ole Miss. We'll talk about that and hear from the coaches coming up right here on CCT.
0: Ellinger steps up. Incomplete. And a flag. Wow. Kai Money, the intended receiver,
5: Pat Fields. Alex Grinch doesn't like it, but boy, how about this? Kai Money, the walk-on, gives Texas a first down and goal at the two. First down and goal at the two, 18 seconds remaining in regulation. Sam Elliger in the gun. More emotion. Elliger jumped past,
0: takes that.
2: It's Florida State against Notre Dame. 6.30 kickoff right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. CCT is brought to you by Fort Winds Casino. Follow the show on Twitter. Just because we're off the air at 5.30 into Notre Dame doesn't mean the show's over. Oh, there's still more. Post-game videos, conversation, it's all there for you at ESPN 1000 CCT. Don't forget Chris's favorite, the long-form post-games. Oh, or no. the lone reporter in the press box by himself. Is this on? Don't worry. I'll, I saw one. I'll turn out the lights when I'm done
4: here. <laughs> don't
3: worry. I've got thoughts about old miss. You posted one last week and it was clearly like a guy, I don't know if he was in his house or a very small studio, like one of yes. our small single mic studios. Clemson. But he had a camera on him too. Yeah. And they they there was a there was a collar and there's no like tact he's just rolling his eyes and saying how bad the guy is and how bad the caller is and yes. how like, he's just bored by this dude's call. <laughs> just no like radio, like respect of the, I will let you make your point. I know I'm on camera and I'm not going to make any motions whatsoever. And his team won, right?
4: Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. It was a oh, Clemson
2: yeah. guy. Yeah. He does it from his den. I don't yeah. even know who he is. Just some dude. And of course, he always, he, he always the always entertaining Arkansas talk show as well. Oh. Every morning around from Fadeville, always entertain. So, That's why we tell you, after our show's done, follow at ESPN1000CCT. That's where you go when you're a college football fan. Alabama, Ole Miss. It's more than just the game. It's the coaches as well. Cocktail face Lane Kiffin says that this is the most explosive team Saban's ever had.
11: Same deal I've said all week. You know, great opponent. Probably coach's best team that he's had, you know, as far as no holes. Um so big challenge for us. Um, we know the outcomes the last three years, and so it's our goal for that not to happen again. Uh, it won't be easy, you know. Premier players, premier coaching, um, and like I mentioned in some article the other day, you know the offensive system is a lot harder than when we were at Tennessee playing them. So a lot more challenging, a lot more explosive, and so. That's why um, they're really good.
2: Lane Kiffin indifferent to the matchup against Alabama.
11: Well, as always, you know, this is a difficult preparation, uh, especially for the defense. You know, these fastball teams that really go fast and play high tempo, it's hard to simulate in practice, hard to get the players to respond. Um, You know, I think we need to um, continue to improve our mindset on our toughness, our mental toughness, ability to finish, finish plays, finish games. Um, be more physical. Be more aggressive. Um, you know, we we just need to uh, do a better job in that area. Obviously, we're working hard on, you know, getting better execution, not making mental errors. Um, we have a tremendous amount of respect for, you know, Ole Miss as a team. Um, I think as a player and as a competitor, you always should think that the guy you're going to play against is the best player you played against all year and Go to work every day in practice with the idea that I'm going to have to play really, really well uh, to be able to win my matchup. And, um, you know, that's something I really have um, tried to express to our players, regardless of who we're playing, uh, so that you can go play your best as a player. I think that's the most important thing. Um, It's going to be a challenging game on the road in the SEC. It always is. Um, And, you know, we're looking forward to. Um, improving uh, and stepping up for, to the challenge.
2: Here's Nick Saban with uh, Coke on one side, the Coca-Cola on one side, and, yeah. and the yeah. water Coca-Cola. on the other. Yeah. <laughs> so there he is at a press conference. What do you think, Adam, as our resident Alabama fan, what do you think of this matchup as Alabama travels to Oxford, Mississippi?
3: I think that there's going to be big plays for Ole Miss available. I think that they go fast. They play an up-tempo style of, defense, or of offense that has given Alabama def- the defense there trouble in the past now Alabama has better players all over the field every position is better this is an Ole Miss defense that's giving up 600 yards a game the conditions it's going to be there's a 100 chance of rain the entire game it's been raining there all day because of Hurricane Delta so I think that there's going to be an opportunity for both teams to put up a lot of points but ball control is going to be big and holding on to the football is going to be big in those sloppy conditions I just think that this is going to be if 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 Saban wants to keep the ball out of uh, out of the Ole Miss offense's hands, if he wants to keep from from quick trick play Lane Kiffin and and just throwing and going, you know, up tempo all the time, this is a Najee Harris. Just hand it off, keep the ball. You know your offensive line is better. You know your offensive players are better. Just run the football, run the football. Show Lane what it's like to run the football. Something mm. he should have done more of when he was at Alabama. Run the ball, Lane. Run the ball, Lane. So run the ball, Saban. Run the ball. Just keep running it, and then just don't, don't make any dumb mistakes on defense, and they should, they should make quick work of Ole Miss. You don't like bubble screens? I'm not a big bubble screen guy. Because right. no. that's what guy. Lane
4: loves. He loves a bubble screen. also, Ole Miss, their defense has been uh, not very good, as we've talked about, right? They, they rank last in the league in rushing, total yards allowed and points allowed. So I would imagine Najee Harris and the Crimson Tide will put up a lot of points against Ole Miss tonight. I don't think Ole Miss will be able to keep
3: up. I really don't. Well, and I don't think this is a, this isn't going to be a Saban piling on game. This is just a game where it's like, we're going to keep running it, and I don't think you're going to stop us. Like, it's not, it's not, you know, if, if Najee Harris has 200 yards rushing or something like that and three touchdowns, it's not because they're trying to pile it on. It's just because you can't, like, what are they supposed yeah. to do? Take knees the entire game? No, they game? won't.
4: They're, they're going to put at least 50-plus And
3: up. also, just remember, you didn't coach in the National Championship game for a reason
2: because you quit on the team. And when you lose the team, there's no coming back from that. Affleck. Chicago's Oops. College tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago half Jonathan Affleck. Adam and Chris with you. I love him in that blue blazer. The duck. Yeah. Uh, see, say, that's the thing. Like, you like you like the wink and the smile there. He's a great actor. He's great. I love him in those commercials. Oh, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. He's fun. It's got all the rings on and
6: everything. <laughs> um, yeah. I also yeah.
4: saw this. Did you guys see this stat? Um, well... I know they'll talk about it during the game, but Saban is 20-0 against former assistants. Sure. Uh, he's 1-0 against Lane Kiffin when Lane Kiffin was in Tennessee in 2009. Also, the Crimson Tide have won 92 straight games against unranked teams dating back to 2008. That was the Independence Bowl. It's the longest streak
2: in college football history. Yeah, this is so. why it would, would this not be a problem against Ole Miss uh, tonight. Uh, coming up, we will put money in your pocket with our Saturday night specials. Ah, uh, You know it's a college football Saturday when Woo. Gus is on your TV.
0: Unbelievable! College football!
2: Offensive uh, line here.
4: That's where <laughs> OU just put their best offensive lineman and most experienced offensive lineman. Adrian Ely, 59. Creed Humphrey, 56. Gabe
5: Burkett for the win. 31 yards away.
0: college tailgate show with jonathan hood chris black and adam Abdallah.
1: this is chicago's home for sports
0: espn 1000 and the all-new espn chicago app
1: college football
0: it's time to immerse yourself in the world of college football espn 1000 has studied hard and has all the answers this is chicago's college tailgate show With Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Advanced degrees not required. Understanding the Wildcat? Essential. Chicago's College Tailgate Show.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
0: The CCT scoreboard on ESPN 1000.
2: See what's going on in college football. Here is Chris Black, Chris. Feel better about the Bulldogs, Jonathan. Feel better now. A little bit better. I feel better when Georgia wins the game and there's no time on the clock when the game goes final. Yes. Uh, Georgia's
4: up to 23 21 10 minutes left in the third quarter of that contest balls have the football
2: do you understand why I've told you both mm-hmm. over the years where I've never had a lot of faith in Georgia against Alabama in any matchup or the national championship game because it comes down to offense yeah it comes yeah. down I mean you can yeah. run, you can run the football for 300 yards yeah you can make as many plays as you can defensively but if you're not putting up numbers Quickly in this league, in this conference, you're not going to get to the mountaintop. You'll always be sec- You'll always be tier two to Alabama, in particular, because you don't put up enough offense. That's. Well, all, it's, I mean, it's always been solid teams, but you got to be able to put up a lot more offense to catch up and be on the same stratosphere with Alabama. A lot of that has to do with quarterback play. Uh, yeah. Can you get solid quarterback play? Well, I mean, I mean, here, Georgia is a running school and a, and a strong defensive team, but. While Alabama can do both, mm-hmm. okay, that's why you can never catch up catch them or even come close to them because you don't put up enough offense. Yeah. And ben, the
4: quarterback plays the issue. Bennett nine for eighteen for 128 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions at this point. For Georgia, other scores. Auburn up twenty twelve on Arkansas at halftime. <laughs> BYU 14-6 on Texas San Antonio. Closer than the experts think. Upside bird. Four minutes. Left in the third quarter of that one. What was that? That spread was like a 20-point spread or something,
2: right? <laughs> oh, man. Let me get on uh, draft cam.
4: All right. Um, Iowa State up 28-7 at the end of the third quarter on Texas Tech. Finals from the top 25 earlier. Missouri beats LSU, the 17th-ranked team in the country, 45-41. to Oklahoma beats Texas, 53-45. to Texas A&M beats Florida, 41-38. to in North Carolina, they beat Virginia Tech 56-45, to 45, and be, that's the just, top just, 25 Just be happy ball.
2: for Mac Brown.
3: Yeah, hey, Mac, Mac Brown. I Mac Brown. Just happy, Listen, I mean, number I'll eight. This. I'll Rolling. tell you this. I'll tell you this. When Texas needs a new coach... They better have his phone number ready. Wow. Oh, go back, going back, go back. Sometimes you got to go, wow. go, no. go back home. Go back. Sometimes you got to go back home. Hall wow. of famer, right? I hope they
2: still have his number. It's a wow. Hall of famer, right? oh. top ten team. I hope they still have his number. Shout Mac, out to Mac Brown. Mac Brown doing the Lado, except for the winning time for the, Saturday night the, specials.
0: The ball. It's time to put money in your pocket. What's
4: wrong with making That's a few bucks on the side?
0: It's the Saturday Night Special. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah. Well, you need to know the winner, and I know the winner. It's time to put money in your pocket. It. It's the Saturday got Night it. Special on Chicago's got College got Tailgate got <laughs> on ESPN One Thousand. All right, Place your bet.
1: Mr. <laughs> Saturday Night Special.
2: I just wish there was better uh, football in Nashville. Anchors away losing again to an average South Carolina team today. I mm-hmm. just wish. Na- I mean, a, a pretty decent city in Nor- in Nashville should deserve better in college football, right? Getting blown out too. I was. Uh, I bet
4: the first quarter line on that game. It was uh, South Carolina three and a half as the favorite. Yeah. They they end the first quarter three nothing. So I lost the bet. Hmm. And then what? What happened the rest of the day? Yeah. What did South Carolina do the rest of the day? It's rolling. Yeah. They've blown them out. Unbelievable.
2: It's, it's interesting. Uh, just some of these schools. Like, South Carolina is a gum on your, underneath your shoe mm-hmm. all the time. I, I know I know that feeling after oh, yeah. beating, beating Georgia <laughs> with the Blankenship missed field goal. Absolutely. By the way, I did not know this going – I should have known this, right, going into the Colts game. That, that Blankenship is their kicker? Blankenship – had to fight for a job and was yeah. undrafted. Yep,
3: undrafted and had what? to win, had to go in and to a kicker derby and win that job. Yeah.
2: You Mr. Know, Automatic at Georgia had to fight for a job. I was surprised, actually. Kickers, transient people.
4: Yeah. Going all around. Mm-hmm. You never know where they're going to pop up.
2: Saturday Night special for a battle. Right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Let's go and take a look at uh, the ability to put money in your pocket. Uh, there's a few opportunities here. As Adam mentioned. We were just missing the extra little juice that you'd get, uh, you know, from the Pac-12. Well,
3: I look at the schedule and I'm like, all right, I'm going through and like 7 o'clock is the last kick tonight. Charlotte and North
2: Texas sad,
3: is your last game on on the schedule tonight. And yeah, like I'm used to, you know, Alabama Ole Miss tonight at 630. They moved the game back an hour or uh, or, uh, uh, back an hour from 530 to 630 because Mm -hmm. of the hurricane. And so I'm like, all right, this game will be over. I'll get that late-night creep, maybe some West Coast, but not yet. Not yeah, yet.
2: Not yet. A few more weeks. How about, so, because of that, Adam, let's take a look at Louisiana Tech and UTEP. Okay. Oh, the winners. Yeah. Yes, UTEP. Really playing well. Just remember last year, UTEP went, uh, I think, 5-0 with UTEP. Ah, felt good. Put a little uh, extra vig on your, in your account when UTEP is playing well. But UTEP really is playing well. Take in the Texas game. You take that out of it because they weren't going to beat Texas. The running game is doing enough to have a little control in games, and the defense isn't getting gouged, allowing 14 points or fewer in the three wins that they've had. That's, that slows down this week, though. Louisiana Tech will get up early. The offense will set the pace. UTEP can't keep up with that at all. Uh, I saw the over-under at 52 when I came in today. Give me the over in the UTEP-Louisiana Tech game. Lock it up. Adam? We go to Oxford, where
3: Alabama oh. will take on Ole Miss.
2: Oh. I don't, know, I, don't know you, I don't know if you Upset guys special?
3: know this.
4: Wow. Upset special? Couch Lane? football
3: power index, Alabama, number one. Oh. Yeah. Number one in efficiency. Oh. Oh. Okay. SP plus rankings, yeah. Alabama, no. No. number two. Actually, you know what? setup. It's they should be number setup. one. They should be number one because Ohio State hasn't played yet. So how about putting Alabama number one and then Clemson number two and then Georgia number three? Just move them all. Get rid of these Big Ten teams until they play a game, Bill Connolly. I'm sorry. I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, Bill. Um, But Alabama's a 23-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, Sloppy track out there. uh, No faith. I'm going to take a page out of my good friend Chris Bleck's book, and I want to get this money early. (laughs) Alabama is a first half 12-and-a-half point favorite. Twelve and a half and a half points? <laughs> Come on. Give me Alabama first half minus 12 and a half.
2: Lock it up. Chris Black.
3: Well, as Abdallah
4: kind of uh, said there, I, I do like to get my money early, and I'm looking at a game that you can hear right here on ESPN 1000 at 530. Florida State at Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish looking to bounce back after a couple of weeks off. Now, the line for the game is Notre Dame is the favorite by 20 and a half a lot of points and i think that the fighting irish will beat florida state today but i'm not sold that 20 and a half is good enough for all four quarters it's a nice night now so be
2: a nice night.
4: listen that's fine if you want to play that go for it but the play that i've already made and uh i need to cash would be notre dame in the first quarter minus four and a half i think the fighting irish get rolling early they will be up by at least seven at the end of the first quarter so lock that up. Notre Dame first quarter minus four and a half. First quarter. Where's hey, I gave, I gave the play out on like and love it. Too. I know that, you did. That's I, the know, play. I know. That's I my know. play.
3: I was there.
2: These hedges. Somebody put their balls on the table. Just wait for my next pick on Chicago's College Tailgate first on ESPN. Five minutes. Money
4: line. <laughs> <First>
2: drive. <laughs> punt. <laughs> Punter. No punt. Money line. First two possessions. <laughs> What in the world are we doing here? Love it. (laughs) We turn now to Clemson. Ah, Clemson. Clemson against Miami. We're going to preview that game in just a moment. The game is expected to feature plenty of offensive firepower. Both Clemson and Miami are averaging more than 42 points, and both feature Heisman Trophy candidates Lawrence and De'Eric King. Lawrence has passed for 848 yards and seven touchdowns. I should say Trevor Lawrence. I don't want people to think I'm talking about someone else. Lawrence, brother, has passed for 848 yards. That, that, Lawrence. And seven touchdowns. The uh, season... House of uh, what? Uh, house of W, because they oh, continue to w, win. W, yeah. None- w. Nonetheless... Yeah. Lawrence has passed for 848 yards and seven touchdowns this season while also <laughs> rushing for three scores. Lawrence, brother, hasn't been intercepted since the first quarter of the Tigers' win at Louisville on October 19, 2019. King, a transfer from Houston, is thrown for th- 736 yards and six touchdowns while rushing for 157 yards and another score. Mm. Game is in Miami. Sloppy track little uh the the, the uh, issues mm-hmm. I like the under fifty nine and a half in this game mm. I Clemson wins the game if that helps you Clemson wins the game tonight it's it's in Clemson is it yeah yeah, it yeah, like yeah oh, beg your pardon yep Clemson home the weather? It's weather? still a sloppy track. Sloppy, sloppy, there's it? still a 100% chance of rain. Yeah, yes. so rain, yes. 69 yes.
3: degrees.
4: Nice.
2: 59 and a half. South Carolina. I like the under in that game. Lock it up.
3: I like that. Adam? I wish you would have gone like, for the spread so I could do the not so fast, my friend. Oh, were you, you going didn't. there? So oh, I may. So, oh, so not I,
0: so
6: fast.
3: I gave this out yesterday <laughs> on Like It, Love It, so if you've already heard this, just you get to hear it again. Like you mentioned, Trevor Lawrence has yet to throw an interception this year. He has a 73 completion percentage. That's eight points higher than his average his last two years. Clemson is third in offensive efficiency, 10 in defensive efficiency. Once again, because there's no Pac-12 games and it's a nice night here in the city, I want to get my money early. So I'm going to take Clemson first half minus seven and a half. Lock it up.
4: I was going to save this pick for my last pick, but since it is going to go in the exact opposite of what Abdallah just said, Not I'll give so it to you fast, right now, my friend. Not so fast, my friend. Not Miami, so fast. Plus the seven and a half in the first half. Wow. I'll wow. take that. Miami will keep wow. it close. This is going to be a close ball game. Clutch slop, wins. Sloppy track. Sloppy, sloppy track. Under
2: 60. Sloppy track.
4: The Eric King gets a couple touchdowns. Sloppy track. The slop. Hurricanes plus the seven and a
2: half in the first half. Take that. Miami plus seven and a half. Yep. Take that. First half. Yes, sir. Writing it down. Take that, Abdallah. Third game, Alabama against Ole Miss. Uh, it helps to have a ridiculous receiving core to work with. I mean, you take a look at this offense for Alabama. I mean, 75% of the passes, 684 yards and six touchdowns with just one pick last week against uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Ole Miss is dead last in the SEC in total defense, giving up 446 yards through the air to Florida and 408 yards to Kentucky. Bama can move the ball whenever it wants to. Sloppy track, though, mm. in Oxford, is it not? Because sloppy. of the hurricane? Again, sloppy track. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs>
4: nothing wrong. I just
2: love the sloppy track. I mean, well, I mean, that does, we have to mention the weather, right? The weather is a factor. Is it not, Sean? All right. So, Alabama and <laughs> Ole Miss minus 70.5. I like the under in this game. I like the under 70.5. Do you have it, Adam, as 70.5, or is it moved up? Uh, this, I'm just going by six 71 this and a 71.5 that helps you 70 and a half the under in this game as Alabama rolls tied lock it up
3: you can hear this game right here ah, on ESPN 1000 coming up at 5:30 in a brief uh, 17 minutes here 16 minutes whatever it is it's a nice night it's a nice night it's a nice night, night. It's, it's a nice, nice, night. Night. No it's a sloppy nice track. night it's a nice night dry track according to the wonderful Bill Conley's SP plus Notre Dame is the 5th ranked team in the country dry Florida State, nice. well, nice out there, guys. Florida State, 46th. We go to the Football Power Index, where Notre Dame clocks in at 10th. Florida State clocks in at 66 66, if I could say that correctly. Chris Black thinks Yo. Yo. that 20 and a half is a lot of points to win by 21. I oh. do not. I disagree. 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 And I say, give me Notre Dame by three touchdowns minus 20 and a half. Lock that up. So, Jonathan, you want a full game play?
2: Yeah. Is that what you were asking yeah, for, for? for? For once. Yeah. I did. Once, for once. Uh,
4: Mississippi State on the road at Kentucky. Mississippi State is the underdog, three and a half points. And on this season, they're scoring 29 points per game, while Kentucky's defense is giving up 35 and a half points per game. I think Mississippi State can win outright, but I am taking Mississippi State plus the three and a half on the road. to cover that. So give me the Bulldogs for the final of the game. Not just the first quarter, halftime, or whatever you're doing. Give me the game. Three and a half. Bulldogs.
2: Mississippi State on the road. <laughs> Lock that. Take that. Mississippi State minus three and a half. Plus three and a half. Plus three and a half. Beg your pardon. That's an, that's an underdog yeah, Bulldog right there. Yeah, I see that. I, I definitely see that. Never trust Kentucky. No. <laughs> Don't, never trust them. No, I say no. that's right. You, you agree with that, Adam? Yeah, I don't. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. Plus,
3: who doesn't like betting on Big Leach? Leach it. Let's get Leach. I don't know
2: what to expect, but I expect Mississippi State to win the ball game. To win the game. So, so Abdal and I are
4: going against each other here with the uh, Clemson Miami game. Kind of. Uh, I think this is a close battle. Clemson will probably win, but I think it's close. I just took the under because I wasn't sure. Exactly. Sloppy track
3: defense. Close game, so I always I like we always look at the rankings.
4: Or are
2: we overrating Miami? I don't don't
3: think think we are. I I didn't make it one of my plays, but I when when Clemson was down to fourteen, I took Clemson because I think Clemson Clemson has been vanilla on purpose, and I think this is where we see the remember we're Clemson. I think this is, and if we don't, then. They should be held accountable
2: and should not be ranked number one after this. (laughs) By the way, the door is ajar for USC or whatever Pac-12 team that wants to be in the Final Four because the Big 12 won't be there. So just so you know, the Pac-12, door open in an odd season. Coming up, we will talk about that same game we just talked about, talking about uh, Miami uh, against Clemson. Manny Diaz, Dabo Sweeney with thoughts next.
0: Ah! More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's college tailgate show. We're going to go out there. We're going play the game. We're going to get the game. Come
3: to us. We're going to
0: play some demons. It's college football's highest honor. From now on, your name will be followed by the words, Heisman, Heisman Trophy, Trophy, Trophy Winner. Along with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah, here's Jonathan Hood.
2: We are building a bridge to Notre Dame football as they take on Florida State. 5.30 pregame. 6.30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. Now time for a Heisman watch. Here's Chris Black. Chris?
4: Well, guys, we already saw a couple of the individuals on the list. Sam Ellinger earlier today loses in Texas's game to Oklahoma. Ellinger had 30. He went 30 for 53, 287 yards and two touchdowns. As Oklahoma wins 53 to 45, he's been in the top five list to this point in the season. And then also Kyle Trask, quarterback at Georgia. I mean, at uh, Florida. Florida loses today to Texas A&M. And Kyle Trask, he had a decent game, but Florida goes down to the Aggies and and so then we're going to see someone who throws four touchdowns today in Kyle Trask he went 30 uh, 23 for 32 312 yards but gets a loss will both of those quarterbacks get a knockdown now in the Heisman conversation because we know Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the combo we know Justin Fields is up there at number two Uh, will either of these quarterbacks continue to move up in the Heisman list even though their team's lost today
3: I think once you lose and you're not going to be on that national stage anymore I think that it's uh that it's a it's a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields once he starts playing type battle. I see, you know, Kyle Pitts is on here too at number 5. He's got 7 touchdowns right now, so he could be in the conversation, but then you you think back, well, who's throwing him the ball? Well, Kyle Trask is throwing the ball, so should Kyle Trask be in the conversation still? Right. Um, and then coming in at number 6, you've got Mac Jones. Yeah. He can Mac Jones, Ooh. Mac Jones. Ooh. Uh he just keeps putting up numbers and if they're going to steamroll teams as they have been, you know, they've got Georgia next week, you still have to play LSU and Auburn. So you've got some tough games, not LSU really anymore, but you've got some tough games <laughs> on the schedule. If he keeps lighting it up against good competition, I could see Mac Jones moving his way as in the to make it a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones conversation.
4: And behind all the quarterbacks, Travis Etienne has been the combo as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see What type of game he has tonight, Derek King from Miami. Listen, if the Hurricanes win tonight, he's going to be bounced right into that conversation. And I would make the argument if they win tonight, you could put him in the top three as far as Heisman. Because if they will win, if the Hurricanes win tonight, it's going to be because Derek King's going to have a hell of a game. So he would then jump into the conversation as well.
2: Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT. Glad that you're with us here for Chicago's College Tailgate here on ESPN1000. Another game we're looking forward to is Miami against Clemson. Is here from the coaches. First, Manny Diaz, the head coach for the Miami Hurricanes. I think
7: he's unique to those guys. As Um,
2: he talks about, why is Trevor Lawrence so good? I
7: think he's unique to those guys, um, not just in style, but also in style of offense that they played in. they're not going to turn him into a runner really until sometimes red zone. He, he will pull the ball. I mean, obviously, all I do is look at the Ohio State game a year ago. He ran a quarterback draw and outran the entire Ohio State defense, which was filled with first round draft picks to the end zone from like 60, 70 yards out. Um, so he can roll. I think the, the really aggravating part is just when you are doing a good job in pass coverage, um, and he's got the ability to, to break away from a pass rush and either scramble to throw. He's really, really good throwing on the run um, or just, you know, tuck it and, and get a first down. He's one of those guys that it just seems like he eats up your angle because, you know, he gets to the sideline. The defender can never really even get a hit on him because he just got these long strides and and, and finds a way to get out of bounds for a first down. So it puts a lot of stress on your defense. Um and that's why he is a player
2: he is. Dabo Sweeney, the head coach for Clemson, the number one team in the country. Miami's offense is our biggest challenge.
5: This quarterback is a special talent. Here's all you need to know about him. He averages 5.4 yards after contact. All right, so, you know, he's – you better have your big boy pads on him. He, he's not your tip. When he takes off and running, he's a he's a running back. And, I mean, he's got that mindset. He averages 15 yards per scramble. So he's just a very dangerous player, really has a great understanding of their system and what they're doing. As you would expect, they got great, you know, skilled guys that can run outside. But the two tight ends are both, you know, probably first three round tight pick guys, really big time players. Uh, the, the number nine, Brevin Jordan kid, he leads them in receptions, but they're, they're very balanced in, in their ability to run the football and throw the ball. But it all starts, you know, with that quarterback. I mean, their, their offensive line is really good. They've got four starters back. So they're, so they're very, they're more experienced on offense than they are on defense. And, uh, then, you know, Cameron Harris is, is a big boy pad guy. You better, you better have you, you better be down and ready when he comes downhill at you. He's a very good football player. So it's a good team. They're playing with a lot of confidence, playing with great effort, playing with great belief and uh and they and they've played you know uh listen UAB uh, is a good football team. You know UAB's a good team. Obviously Louisville and Florida State they're off to an incredible start and got a lot of respect for them and know know how we're going to have to play to give ourselves a chance to win a game like this.
2: Yeah, well Sweeney the head coach for Clemson as Clemson takes on uh, Miami An updated score here for you Chris says Georgia now up 29-21 on the Volunteers of Tennessee. You like that throw from Bennett the 4th. I did. Over the middle. I did. Bennett fourth. The way this I mean if there is southern charm. I'll tell you one thing, if Tennessee's uh, defenders are going to be playing, you know, you know, the games in Athens and they're playing like in Warner Robins, if that's going to be the case, that's going to be a good thing.
4: Well, uh, the defense there taking the cue from the uh the scarf that uh, Jeremy Pruitt's wearing around his the side of his head—it's unbelievable. Like that—that's exactly what we saw there. That defense wide open in the middle. Um, you know, we we heard uh, Sweeney talk about Cameron Harris. He's third in the ACC in rushing yards, three hundred and eleven. He has five touchdowns. He's a strong running back, and and that's someone who could do damage uh, to this Clemson defense. But we were talking earlier, Abdallah. Can this Clemson defense? We know that they lose NFL talent each year. Uh, when the draft comes around, but they reload, and they they restock, and they're a hell of a good defense.
3: Yeah, they're only giving up about 300 yards a game, only 90 yards on the ground, and Dabo mentioned that Miami is a well-balanced team. You know, they're they're averaging 265 yards uh, through the air and 235 yards on the ground. So, yeah, that's the definition of well-balanced team. And so, yeah, it is going to be a big test for Clemson, and, you know, maybe playing vanilla, maybe not really putting their foot on the gas might hurt them, come this game or it might help them because we haven't seen what this offense is capable of.
2: Irish win tonight, huh? Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, I I think they win big. Big? Big, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I just, you know, again, say whatever you want to say about Notre Dame, their offense, whatever you think of book, that offense is good enough for them to be able to dominate a number of teams, even in the ACC. Of course, we're all waiting to see what Notre Dame looks like against Clemson, but you've got to be able to continue to garner momentum into that game against Clemson.
4: Take care of your business because it's not just Clemson in the ACC. Miami is a pretty decent team, and we'll see that matchup
2: tonight. And North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch it now. Well. Careful. Matt Brown in North Carolina. Pretty good. We thank you for listening and being part of the program here on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Our thanks to you for listening and watching on Twitch. Our thanks to our sponsor, Four Winds Casino. Our thanks to our guests, Mitch Moss, as well as R.J. Young with no voice yelling. After Oklahoma in four overtime defeated Texas, Sean Davis, our producer and director on the other side of the glass. Stay tuned now for Fighting Irish football right here on ESPN One Thousand as the Irish takes on Florida State. Don't forget Bleck and Dalla six to eight every night right here on ESPN One Thousand, and I'm team with David Kaplan for a Cap and J Hood every morning between seven and ten right here on ESPN One Thousand. We're back with you next Saturday at ten thirty a.m. with another edition of Chicago's College Tailgate right here. On the home of the Irish, ESPN 1000.